As a former professor of 20 plus years in elite universities, I think this is right. I think it all emanates from there, from colleges and universities. So the language, the, the style, the particular concerns. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Great America Show. We are going to be chatting with the one and only Thaddeus Russell a little bit later, uh, Renegade History of the U.S., Renegade University. Uh, fantastic chat, trying to convince us not to play taxes, pretty compelling. Uh, it's a, It really is a great chat. Go down as one of my all-time favorites. Uh, speaking of favorites, uh, we got one of my favorites here, Graham, everything's my favorite, Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? Good. Good. I wonder how many shows in a row you've said it's one of my favorites. Uh, two, maybe, if not. Three. Let's get the tape. We're on a good roll. Are we? Yeah, that's what it is. 362, 61 fantastic episodes in a row. You know, the Len Caston one got a little weird. I'm not going to lie. That was a long time ago, dude. And that was probably over five years ago, that one. Yeah. I can't believe you're still bringing that up. What about, well, it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. Was that episode 139? No. No, was way, before way before that. That? Yeah. that was just what Grand America talks to Len Caston. That was before we had a number on them. Yeah. We started at 101, numbering them. Yeah, this was a good chat with Thaddeus. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah, it, was really, it was really good. He's he's good. He's a fighter. We're Twitter buddies now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Good. That's I good. like that. Fantastic guy. He's got a great outlook. And, uh, yeah, he's doing the podcast. What's the podcast called again? Oh, Unregulated. Yeah. That's no, it. it's not. Oh. That doesn't ring a bell. You should just have it at the tip of your tongue. Unregistered. That's better. Is it? Warmer? Or is that it? You know, you, I don't necessarily have the name of his podcast on the top of my tongue. But you're the show notes guy. I know. I got Who the else show would notes have here, it? but I don't really. Well, you, dude. <laughs> Sorry. Now I feel like a tool. Sorry. Sorry, Thaddeus. Sorry, Thad. I think it's yeah. unregistered. Yeah, I think so. It's not in here. We'll just go with it. It's unregistered. It's some. It's very similar to that, if not. Yeah. It'll be in the show notes. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Okay, shake it off, buddy. How you been? <laughs> Stampede week? Yeah, it's almost over. Fuck, summer's flying by. It hasn't been that warm. Got rained out on a CE5. There was a, on it, Saturday? The, the four hours. We got out there, and we set up. There was only five of us. Great, great group of guys. Fantastic. You went west? It was west? a blast. It was a blast. We went, we went southwest. Greg and Creek. it was a beautiful drive. Did you like past Greg Keep Creek? Wow. I can't fucking talk yeah, right since that tooth. It's that tooth they took out. Did you go past Bragg Creek, like no. down Camp Horizon Road? No. Oh, yeah. You can get down uh, towards, like, I forget what no, that's called. No, back no, no, in no. There. We, McLean we Creek. Yeah, like. no, no, no. The, no, that we went south of that. Way south of that. But it was a beautiful fog, fog rolled in, beautiful scenery. Lightning in the distance all over the place. Hmm. 
rained hard, but the four, I mean, four hours flew by. Like, I, I don't understand where the time went. What time did you get home? Like four in the morning or something. <laughs> was brutal. At least you didn't go to the medicine wheel. If that it would have poured, worse. if yeah, it would have poured would've... rain at the medicine wheel, you guys would have slept in your cars at the medicine yeah. wheel. So we saw some funky uh, fast walkers wobbling around up there. Definitely some fast walkers. Um, not a lot of streakers and flash bulbs. Like no big flash bulbs. Some little flashes and stuff. A couple things. Like I saw a, a couple little power ups, but yeah, you know, overall with the big stuff it was a bit disappointing. Did you? Uh, did you? Uh... Do you think you had a non-believer in the group? That's where the set. No. 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 Cohesion was, a was strong. Solid group. I'm actually, solid you know, group. I got to apologize to Jason. The Sasquatch keep... was. We were close to the Sasquatch sighting. So Will he Jason take you was. there? He took me. He took oh. us. Yeah, that's where he went to his location. I was going to say he offered to take me. I was hoping he wouldn't take you. He was willing to take me. Maybe I, I, I had some. You can go without me. I'm not going to get buttered over that. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I'm not going to go I'd with you. I'd love it if you went and saw something that we haven't seen before. That'd be fantastic. But I feel like you'd be butthurt. Dude, we were at CAC, and I missed the two most awesome UFO sightings. I know, and you're still butthurt about it. Well, I'm butthurt because I could have taken everybody out that night. I've been like the 25 people could have saw it. Here <laughs> Here's the great sliver, slithering serpent in the sky with hundreds of lights in it, which the guys saw. Yeah. And you wanted to present that to them? Yeah, that would have been great. But, yeah. you know, that wasn't meant to be. That's okay. You're still valuable. We still love you, okay. even though you didn't present the UFO to us. Okay. We Thanks. still appreciate you. Thanks. Okay? Yeah. I'm I need so, that every now and then. <laughs> I'm sorry I threw you under the bus <laughs> with the uh, podcast name. Let's shake it off. We'll do something well, easy for you. Well, I have it in there. I'm a little bit disappointed that you know, I didn't have it in there. I'm a little disappointed, too, but that's okay. Not going to lie. Um, but it could be worse, you know? Unregistered, you're right. You could have said the wrong name, like you're I right. did. Unregistered, you're right. I said okay. the wrong name. You, what? I said unregulated first. Oh, yeah, yeah, first, yeah. Close, same thing. Oops. It's the profound quote of the week. Darren, can you guess it? Accidentally stopped the stream, I guess. I must have hit it with my my button. The YouTube stream? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's okay. Keep going. So this is from uh, Charlie Robinson's The Octopus of Global Control. It's under the, the appropriately titled Government Control chapter or section. And it's from the chapter How Deep Is Your State? So see if you can guess this. Okay. Since I entered politics, I have chiefly had men's views confided to me privately. Some of the biggest men in the United States in the field of commerce and manufacture are afraid of somebody, are afraid of something. They know that there is a power somewhere so organized, so subtle, so watchful, Ooh, so interlocked, this. so complete, so pervasive that they had better not speak above their breath when they speak in condemnation of it. John F. Kennedy. 
June. That's JFK. Close. No. Bah! Close. 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 That's another that was president. It for sure. Another president. Uh, Eisenhower. No. Woodrow Wilson, former president, United States of America, the New Freedom, nineteen thirteen. So that's from nineteen thirteen. And now you're so afraid of it, but Facebook will allow you to talk about it as long as they're. They changed that already. No, they didn't. Yeah. No, they didn't. Yeah. No, it came out like today. Yeah. Yesterday. I seen a thing this afternoon saying they've removed it. Are you serious? Yeah. Facebook took all this time to redo their terms and their rules and they fucked it up so bad that they had to change it that day. Yes. Where they, it was a troll. I was going to ask you, do you feel like you're in a fucking a troll movie or something? Like we're being trolled. Yes. Did I they do. do that on purpose just to f- fuck with us? Maybe. Whoa. What do you think? I think it's a possibility. Because what, what, what were the term, What were the rules? I don't know. All I saw was the same screenshot that you saw. Tim Pool already talked about it, and it was it's quite confusing. And they basically were saying that you can advocate violence or ask you can you can threaten people as long as they are known threats or bad people from the and from the media's perspective i mean i'm butchering it but this is the gist of it can you if imagine if they're on the dangerous persons list or whatever yeah. yeah they've changed that like paul joseph watson you can threaten him according to facebook's rules Mm-hmm. Or call, incite incite violence against Paul Joseph Watson because he was labeled a few months back as a danger from the fake news media. This is where it's coming to. Are okay. we living in a fucking 1984 dystopian world? It's unbelievable. Okay. And, and if you think that Facebook, who spent how much time editing and writing that, those new rules to come out. And they, they've already retracted them. I mean, it's got to be a joke. It's got to be. They, they've got to be like, who's going to catch this? There's got to be a test. See how quick you catch it? I'm looking for it But now. then did you see the other? the other? Uh, oh, here it is here. Facebook news? Do not post threats that could lead to death and other forms of high severity violence of any targets where a threat is defined as any of the following. Statements of intent to commit high severity violence or calls for high severity violence, unless the target is an organization or individual covered in the dangerous individuals and organizations policy, or is described as having carried out violent crimes or sexual offenses, wherein criminal predator status has been established by media reports, (laughs) market knowledge of news events, etc. So as long as the media says someone's bad, you can incite violence from them on Facebook. Uh, the U.S. government might have a problem with that. Not only that, but you know that Facebook has already been censoring views from certain people. I mean, it's and and so is all the other platforms. I mean, this is, Think so? this is oh yeah, this is dude, this is so in the in the in the theory. From, let's say, Korean Dvorak and these guys who talk about big ad revenue being the big driver. Do you think that's driving Facebook's, you know, how, how you can't explain that by, you know, la- allowing people to incite violence, basically perpetrating a cu- culture war there. How is that not going to cause a major cultural problem? Yeah, maybe that's why they change it. If they change it. It's a fucking test, sure man. Are you kidding it. me? 
they knew exactly what they're doing. They released that. They're like, who's on top of this? Who's reading it? Who's getting a hold of it? Is it going to fly? Keep talking. So I'm you could checking. threaten Antifa at least. I mean, at least you could go that no, way. No, you can't do that. They kicked Joe Biggs off for that. When was this? <clears throat> Just like real recently. Yeah, but that's before their new rules came out. Antifa is known domestic terrorist organization, right? The media has reported they've they've uh, perpetrated acts of violence, so you're allowed to threaten them, right? Can you believe it's coming to this? Ooh, interesting. So you think? Uh... Okay, keep going. And we're recording this on Wednesday night. It's going to come out Friday, and lots of shit's probably going to happen in the next two days. I mean, it's unbelievable. Okay, I got another quote. Yeah, I can't find it. I got another quote. quote. Try and guess this one. There exists a shadowy government within its own Air Force, its own Navy, sorry, with its own Air Force, its own Navy, its own fundraising mechanism, hmm, and the ability to pursue its own ideas of national interest, free from all checks and balances and free from the law itself. You won't get it. There's a U.S. senator from Hawaii giving testimony at the Iran-Contra hearings, Daniel K. Inui. I knew it. <laughs> I knew he. I knew he was him. <laughs> I knew he. That's it for quotes. Well, no, I got, you know, I've been following an Instagram account that I want to quote from. What? Every now and then. That's pretty high. Well, honor speaking of some Instagram, you want to keep going with the big tech kind of thing? I could you, uh, okay. I could read Are that one about vaccines, or I could save that for the next next one. Maybe I'll save that. I'll save that. Okay. Don't blow your whole wad. Okay, so oh, it's not allowing me. It's not allowing me to save that. Oh, I can't believe. Are it. you having trouble? Would you like me to do a different segment? Sure. Uh, okay. Um, bailing out Graham again. Bingo, bango, social media jingle. Don't forget to rate, comment, and or subscribe to the Grime America newsletter. Bingo, bango, social media jingle. I'm going to go to the Facebooks for this one. Ooh, show me your calves. There you go, Graham. That one's for you. Okay, where am I going to go to on this one? I seen one the other day. Just the other day, it had a ton of comments on it. Let's see what we can find. Ding, 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 ding. I can do this one. because okay. So I've been following the odd man out. It's a kind of an Instagram account that uh, this pretty got some pretty cool quotes. Civilization, oh, nice. Civilization, in fact, grows more maudlin and hysterical, especially under democracy. It tends to generate into a mere combat of crazes. The whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed and hence clamorous to be led to safety by an endless series of hobgoblins, most of them imaginary. Wars are no longer waged by the will of superior men capable of judging dispassionately and intelligently the causes behind them and the effects flowing out of them. They are now begun by first throwing a mob into a panic 
They are ended only when it is spent its ferine fury. Ferine? That's H.L. Mencken. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to get off of the Facebook. I got another one for you, too. Okay. Here we are. These are just random quotes are, from Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Cultural Marxism, 1915. Oof. Exciting. You'll, you'll like this one. I bet I'll love it. Socialism is precisely the religion that must overwhelm Christianity. In the new order, socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture via infiltration of schools, universities, churches, and the media. By transforming the consciousness of society. Mm. That's it. That's it, buddy. Thank <clears throat> you now. I wasn't sure if you had more than that. You kind of trailed off there. I know. Well, it's, that's it's, okay. Uh, I was reading the wrong thing. We'll go to the YouTube's. Okay. The troll room. The troll room says on Ben Greenfield. Greenfield. Why? Why do people hit the dislike button on this quality content? Fucking idiots. Hey, that's a good troll. He's, I thought he was calling us idiots. Calling them idiots. I'll take that. Love the stuff with Randall and the alternate history channels. Good stuff, boys. Uh, oh, here we go. This one's especially for you. From our friend Craig Flowers. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you'd like the theme song. It seems so Gramerica, but I guess not. <laughs> I like the face Graham made when he pulled when it started. He's right, though. It sounds shameful through the mic with a cell phone. Value is subjective, I guess. To me, it was a jackpot in creativity. To another, it's like a choir of sickly cats. I get it. I'll get you some hard currency. <laughs> but it was what I had for now. Keep up the excellent work. <laughs> Thanks for understanding, Craig. It was a little loud in the headphones. It was a little hot. Coming on a little hot. It's a good song. We'll turn it into something for sure. We're going to use that for something. Hey, I listened to it all the way through a couple times. Did you? On my own. Did you cringe like you did on live? No, on, I told when you. Because you, you were fucking surprised. When you're doing the, the show live thing. and he was watching, you, that's when you decided to cringe? Well, it's your yeah. fault for you throwing noticed. at me. Uh, uh, on the Justin Giefer. Actually, I shouldn't do ones that we haven't released yet, eh? All the Randall you can handle. I love it. Uh, here we go. Well, there's a lot of comments on that one. Keep going. In what way has Hancock played an integral part in changing the mainstream paradigms? Mainstream scientists and archaeologists would not waste their time with him as he knows nothing has no qualifications, training, experience, or aptitude or for any science. He is a writer of pseudoscience who is in it solely for the money. It's ironic that someone who has never done one day's work as an archaeologist. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I think you did. I'm really getting deja vu. I mean, I've definitely heard that and I, I don't read the YouTube comments, so. Interesting. You okay. Keep going because wasn't there a whole bunch of them after that? Nah. He read. He he wrote that and then a whole bunch of them. Yeah. And then I'm I didn't pretty sure you're like, <laughs> doubling up on the trolls. I mean, if you're gonna, if well, you're gonna I'm fucking one, bailing you out. If you're gonna reread one, reread reread re a good one. A good one. Okay, here we go. Great show. But if you ever bring that dodge over to Bonnie Scotland and endanger anybody's or anything's life, we'll kick you in the boss. 
That's Scottish slang for testicles, you specky bampot. Wow. Yeah. I said, What's a dodge? I said, good luck dodging the dodge. Your dodge? Yeah. Like your track? Yeah, I remember talking about knocking people off the road in mm-hmm. northern Scotland. <laughs> they took offense to that, but that's okay. I mean, good luck dodging the dodge. You'll hear me coming. A honk. Actually, Scotland keeps coming up. Recommendation. That's where all the castles are, I guess. There's a lot in Scotland. England, too. It's all the same. No, it's, oh my God. You can't just say that, dude. It's like saying we're the same as BC. Oh, yeah. All Canadian. You're from BC. It's not the same. It's not the same? No. <laughs> there will be hate mail. Yeah. I was talking to the Irish guy today, actually, down at the zoo site. Actually, it's the UK posse. So I was like, I think I'm going to go to the UK. I was like, what, how far is it, Tyler? No, he's like, oh, yeah, it's like 45 minutes. <laughs> was he lying to me? Was he trolling me? I was in a pub in, in the in the board in the where you could take his boat over to Ireland. There's a pub there at the dock, and it's got more taps than chairs. Nice. Yeah. Wonder where that's a lot of kegs. Yeah. Oh yeah. They they do it right. They do it right there. The pubs does or the boat the does. The boat on the pub. There's probably a pub on the boat too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because I was saying, man, if I go to the UK, I'd love to check out Ireland for sure. I mean, might as well just rip over. Like going to Red Deer. Going to Red Deer quick is like going to Scotland. And then I'll rip down to Ireland would be like Lethbridge. And then back to Calgary would be like London. Yeah, go for it, <laughs> go for it buddy. <laughs> See how you do. You're coming. Sure. You're driving. I can't drive on the other side of the road. I'm pretty good at it. I did hey. it before, yeah. I got stuck in Milan <clears throat> once, though. And in Athens. I had to get out of the car in both situations. Get out of the car while it just got too crazy. Yeah, it's too nuts. Right, <laughs> the traffic was too bad. In Athens, it was like typical, like driving up in the in the in the city, but you're in these like alleys, and, and they end up going up and up and up and up and up until you can't even open up your doors. You're stuck. Your car's stuck between the walls. It's brutal. I was like, <clears throat> no, I had to get out. Let my buddy try to back out. <laughs> you had to hand over control. Yeah, I had to hand nice. over control. And I did it in Milan too, in the intersections. It was insane. Nice. I was like, couldn't figure, find my way around. I'm like, you drive, you drive. I can't do this. I can't do this. I give up. Yeah. What would you do if you were by yourself? Just pull over and cry? No, probably wouldn't have gone. I probably wouldn't be. I would have made it. I would have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a call one day. Come get me. I didn't make it. Anyway, what else you got? What were we stalling for? Well, I got again? a little mini synchro. All right. I think, well, you we were stalling for your. Uh, I went to the fucking social media thing so you could find what you were looking for. No. Yes. No. Yes. All over the web. No. And everyone. I was bailing you out. I can't remember. I think you already bailed me out. Okay. That's a short term memory thing. <sighs> You're Synchronicity. <laughs> oh, this is it. Now, here's another compound synchro. This is a message from Cole Glasgow. I quit. Glasgow. Glasgow, Scotland. Oh, no. Right. It doesn't register with me. Is the Lasga- Glasgow is a place in Scotland? Oh, my God. Is that the One capital? Of the biggest cities. 
Where do they fit all these cities? I know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a rough town. Is it? Yeah. It sounds rough. Yeah. All this is Scotland sounds like a rough country. <laughs> it's pretty rough. They're, they're tough. We have some great supporters in Scotland, though, so we love you. We're sorry if we offended you with the Dodge and the whatever else I said. Do you remember we were talking? The tiny country amuses me. Do you remember we have an interview coming up? They were talking about the uh, the Green Beret-style people in World War II that would would parachute in behind the lines. Yes. And they were called blackbirds. No, they were called something birds or something. And now I can't remember the name, but it, it, it was derived. That name was derived from the Scottish um, fighters that would be used like special agent fighters from back in the day. They were so tough. They would use them to go behind the enemy lines huh. and wreak havoc. The more, you know, Yeah. you got any Scottish in you? Yeah. Dunlop, dude. I figured. <laughs> we'll have to get a kilt on you one day. When we go to the castle, you wear a kilt? Course, Show off the cast? Sure. Nice. There you have it. That's where the super chat all on its own. Synchronicity. After a long active life, my loving friend, hunting buddy, family member, and dog had run his last. At the end, he was debilitated and riddled with cancerous tumors. He would torture himself to try and keep up and stay in the way around the house. He never quit. My wife and I relented to schedule the vet to come to our home to finally ease Diesel's pain. We opted for a little memorial with cremated ashes, paw print, and date of birth and death engraved on box. The box? Box. Cutting out fucking connectors again. Coming from Scotland. None box. The Europeans just get rid of those useless words. They just go to the to hospital. <laughs> That's one instance. And to university. What do you mean, to university? That's how everyone says it. No, to the university. Who says that? Everybody. Nobody and, says that. Yeah, oh, I'm going to the university next yeah. year. <laughs> I'm going to the college. Who says that? Everybody does. No, don't say no, to no. university. I'm going to university. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you're mistaken. No. Yeah, back it up. Having not seen them in 10 years, this... AKC, registered German wired haired pointer. So the papers. So his papers were found the morning of the scheduled deed to verify his age. He was whelped that very day, 11 years ago. <laughs> Shocked and teary eyed, I closed. I chose to see it as a good omen and that his birthday on that day would, his birthday on the day we would have him put down. Everything went as planned peacefully and we already miss him only hours later. R.A.P. Dance Hall Diesel Von Zieger, <laughs> July eighteenth, two thousand eight, to June eighteenth, or sorry, June eighteenth, two thousand eight, to June eighteenth, two thousand nineteen. Gee, I, that's too bad, man. I, I don't sorry wanna, about your dog. I don't want to be one of those guys. I'll get you some cash soon, Cole G. You know, that sucks. My dog Tyson died just about a year and a half. Look at my new dog Bailey though; he's really growing on me. Is my new little buddy. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Seems a I'm annoying. the dog person. How dare you, sir? At least he's just not just barking all the time. And well, rah. you're a fucking suspect. You're a sketchy guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, short and stocky and lumpy. <laughs> lumpy, lumpy, <laughs> maybe. Once you get used to him, he's all right. Nice. He's like finally growing out of puppy stage and listening. And we got a special bond. Dogs just seem like a lot of high maintenance. Well, yeah, but they don't piss and fuck around with shit. I know cats are high maintenance. They start fucking with you if you don't. Anyway. Sorry about your dog. I feel you. I'm a dog person. Graham don't care. I care. 
You know, actually, I had a uh, <clears throat> a friend of mine that that uh, died on the same day he was born. Interesting, you know, exactly thirty years old to the day. Really? Yeah. Your cousin? No. No, no. This is another fellow. Yeah, the guy yeah. grew up across the street from Clayton. Mm. Clayton Tadarian. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. Like, yeah, he was like, uh, I can't remember exactly, but he was sick for the last few years, had some operations, and maybe, I don't know if it was pre-planned or anything like that, but I remember uh, it's exactly the same thing. It was like, I remember when like I seen the thing. pre-planned by his soul, like his soul? Or, or like if it was like, a, I don't know what state he was in at the end, if it was like an unplug or something like that. Like, I know he was, he was real sick oh, near the legal. end. In Canada? Yeah. Might not be, I don't know. Yeah. Breaking a law. Interesting. Um, by the way, that reminds me, she said, no, some good vibes to Garrett. I know Garrett's going through some shit right oh, now. Man. So we will, uh, coming at you with some good vibes, buddy. Feel better. Good vibes to you and your family. You can all take in the good vibes though. If you need some good vibes, you take them in too. There you go, buddy. Hope you feel better. Tough times over there. Uh, well, Scott, support the show. Yeah. slash support. We're in the middle of uh, hammering out two shows a week here. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing swag days. Swag days are I'll back. Throw, I'll throw that on the Instagram. But show uh, days. If you donate on Wednesdays, uh, if you sign yeah. up, if you sign up for a monthly on, yeah, that's what swag days is. Oh, it's just Wednesday only. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Or I wouldn't put oh. it on Instagram last night. Yeah, I know. You really. Sorry, I wait you till next week. Could we do next week? Yep. I thought swag days was every day for a while. No, it's just Wednesdays. Well, we could just do it every day. Well, do, yeah, pretend it's tomorrow and do it anyways. But okay, so it's swag days. So I got swag. So if you sign up for a monthly, we'll send you some shit. Uh, we'll send you a couple magnets and a sticker. And yeah. if you want to buy your own stuff, head over to grandmarket.ca slash swag. And it takes you to Redbubble where there's all kinds of stuff on there. Yeah, that. that's right. We're going to, uh, yeah, get a t-shirt, get a hoodie, get a uh, clock. I think there's a Grandmarket clock. Phone cases, temporary tattoos. Where did you, I don't think there's temporary where tattoos. Where did you, That'd Justin be funny, Trudeau water box, uh, paper water box shirt go? How come it wasn't on there? Today? I couldn't find it. I wonder if they've removed it. They, they probably did. This is Trudeau's, the censorship we're going. You can't yeah, even fucking scrub the water bottle shirt. You sons of bitches, scrub the water bottle shirt. The water box, Darren. It's a paper water box <laughs> that's recyclable. Probably being donated from China, funded to get rid of all the plastic and get rid of the and get, get into the China paper box. You broke the jingle board. You think that's what it is? You think it's a hard right. stop? You think like he's that? promoting? Uh... I don't know, but support the show. Go America.ca slash support. The black budget's going again. We're, we're doing censored all over the place. We're, we're getting censored all over. We need you guys to tell people about the show. Tell these people about the shows. Temporary tattoos. We will make it happen. Temporary the, tattoos? The dog that's is, a fantastic yeah, that idea. That is a pretty fantastic idea. Let's do it. I'll, I'll for, come in the studio with some tats. For festivals. Because I don't want real ones, so I'll just do temp ones. There you go. There is actually, someone has a Grand America tattoo. We met him at a cat. I know. I know. It's, it's awesome. Amazing. Awesome. I don't tattoo. even have a Grand America tattoo yet. Anyway, uh, my dog's a Cocker Spaniel, if you're wondering. Uh, oh, I know he's wondering because he asked. So support the show. We got the black budget. We're doing this two shows a month because honestly, we're trying two shows to- a week. Two shows a week. Because uh, we're trying to double the support. 
Uh, we're sick of being under 1%. We, I just, oops. You know, that's how I stopped the stream last time. I got to stop getting so passionate about podcasting. Um, honestly, we, we're trying to, to amp it up here. We're sick of playing nice. We're still nice because we're Canadians, but support the show. So instead of uh, threatening you and being mean to you, we're like, fuck it. We'll throw more content at you. We'll throw more value out there and see if you guys get the picture. Well, we've, done, we've had a lot of good shows. A lot of good shows no. coming up. Oh, man, it's we fantastic. Did, we did, I think, 10 shows in June. We're looking at eight or 10 shows in July. How many shows in August? I don't know, because we said if we don't get 100 new supporters. Well, we're booked halfway through, though, so. If we know. don't get 100 new supporters by mid-August or so, we're going to Maybe we'll go down to seven, six, five, four, maybe back down to four shows a week. Can you imagine four after? Month, month, month. Can you four shows a month? <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine you go from June, 10 shows, July, 10 shows or eight shows, depending on how the weeks work out. <laughs> well, it depends how the calendar. Yeah, I know. I know, I know. Um, it could be eight or nine or 10. August, seven, September, four. Can you imagine? That'd be criminal. America.ca slash support. Quit assuming someone else is going to do it. Head over the day. Content in the Black Budget Sign feed up as a well. month. You get it like fucking 30 new episodes that you never heard right away. We finished the Black Budget feed. Unless the you're conspiracy, conspiracy paper from 2009. Yeah, I'm going to release that. Red. I'm oh, it's release. not out yet? No. Oh, sorry. Because I was waiting two weeks. So oh, I'm going right, to release okay. it this Saturday. Yeah. So this weekend, the, the new Black Budget content will be coming out. That's right. And any donation at all gets you access to that. That's right. So like we say... Uh, we're shooting for, we'd like to get over a hundred new supporters by the end of this little push. And so far we got three or four. So hammer down guys, quit assuming someone else is going to do it because they're not doing it. Grandmaker.ca slash support. Other than that, do all the stuff in the show notes, review the show, share the show, tell your friends about the show. Uh, be, because be kind to each other because, because it makes you a better yeah, person and donate because it helps makes you a better person and it helps, helps us feel like better people. And uh, make better podcasts because we have better chords and better snacks. Snacks are important. This guy eats a lot. Uh, other than that, guys, enjoy the chat with Thaddeus Russell. You might make a uh, libertarian out of you yet. We've got Thad Russell with us tonight. From uh, He's the founder of Renegade University and also host of the Unregistered Podcast or Unregistered Podcast. Lots to talk about here. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. This is exciting. Oh, yeah. Totally exciting. We're just talking about podcast, sort of like the behind the scenes and podcasting and stuff like that, discussing whether we're, you know, can continue these growth periods or not. So it's, uh, it's fantastic to talk to someone like you that's got a great podcast and 
I guess debates. you debates. Know, You've had some great debates in there, and uh, you know, free speech is a topic that we really, I, I think, we really should get into uh, at some point tonight. Oh, I listened to the de- one debate today. Actually, I listened to the debate. I forget is his that name. The one that I forwarded you. The one you sent me. I think it was episode seventy-two. I mean, I think you both won. Honestly, like you both which, had some. Which, who, who was I debating? I forgot. That's was the, that? that was the free speech Ken, one. Maybe Ken. Yeah. Was oh, his name with Ken, Ken White with Popat? Yeah. 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 I mean. Yeah. He did have some great points. He went in there. He, he had some points. I'd never really looked at speech from that perspective. So I, that was definitely something I took in from that. But I still think that with the subsidies, which I didn't even realize were into the billions of dollars. Like, I mean, even if that's in the millions of dollars, America ain't getting any subsidies. So, you know, um, I still I would I would have sided still on the, that. That, I mean, that's a debate Graham and I have all the time, and I always play the devil's advocate. I play Ken's side, and I'll be like, well, they're private companies. What are you going to do? But um, with the subsidies, I think it does come into that. Well, and they're monopolies, too, and, and that's the big problem. And the problem that I think that both of you guys didn't seem to touch on was, and I don't use, like using the word slippery slope, but the, but that that there is such a such a bias it seems at the top of these big tech companies that they really can't they can't even do it fairly they can't even start to do it fairly like you're getting there's some people are getting away with violence on one side mm-hmm. and just the wrong ideology on the other side and 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 it, it seems to be that 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 kind of thing wasn't wasn't brought up or the fact that somebody can't really who's who's deciding what's hate speech and what's not hate speech like it just it just keeps getting like we in Canada here we got to be careful we can't criticize certain things and the beauty about what we thought you know the states was all about was that you can you know have the freedom of religion and freedom of speech and not have to worry about you can criticize people my uncle lives in vancouver and oh boy. he had a mom. website he had a <laughs> oh, website oh yeah i like the story yeah he had a website taken down it was He's not an actual Holocaust denier, but he is, he called into question some of the narratives about the Holocaust in the Ukraine. It's kind of like obscure stuff that even Holocaust experts don't really care about. Mm-hmm. Um, he's married to a Jewish woman. I know this because she's my aunt, but, but nonetheless, he was his site. If you go to the URL for his website, it says the Canadian government now owns this. <laughs> <laughs> he's banned that. So I, it's, it's remarkable that that little country up there that I thought was just, I thought we had annexed you guys a long time ago and we had made you part of America, but apparently you have your own set of rules and regulations concerning speech. The, um, we don't have free speech. That's the one thing I have to remind Canadians all the time is that you think you have free speech. You don't. I mean, that's one of them. That's the big one. That's the big event. That's, that's so, um, censored. That's so true that you can't question it. Uh, but but the problem There's, is now the problem we have is pronouns, like, so so we've got that there. With that that Jordan Peterson is always that got him sort of his his launch pad to fame was the gender pronoun thing. Which I mean, I'll be honest, I'll call you whatever you ask me to, but I don't want the government involved in it. And I don't think right. you know a lot of ways. I think Canada's a little further down that that slope or that whatever you want to call it. We're further down the trail to fascism than we think. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I have all kinds of differences with Jordan Peterson. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't really care one way or the other. But the the reason what you've mentioned, the reason he became famous originally, the forcing him essentially at the point of a gun 
to speak certain words and to not speak other words is straight up authoritarianism. And if you don't, if you don't, if you're not in solidarity with Jordan Peterson over that, then you're not in solidarity with me. Now, I, again, I have all sorts of differences with a guy, but on that core question, I can't even understand how anybody who would call themselves a liberal or a conservative or a libertarian or even a socialist could get behind the idea of the government mandating speech, mandating speech. It's not just that they were censoring him, they were requiring that he use particular words. That's, that's even, that's next level authoritarian yeah. speech, right? Usually they just stop you from saying things. This is forcing you to say what they want you to say. This is, this is truly 1984 territory. So where the reason that Jordan Peterson originally became so big, you know, he was completely on the right side on that. Now, since then, we can talk about his subsequent career, but I think that that's where we're headed, by the way. Well, Facebook is showing it right now, right? You can't talk about Alex Jones unless you're denouncing him. I'm like, so right there, they're right. forcing you to have, to only express an opinion a certain way. And I mean, yeah, Alex Jones has some, you know, some, some fake shit in there, but he also got a lot of things right. I mean, now you can't even, you can't even discuss it. You can't even bring up the stuff that he did get right. Right. Let me, let me drill down on the, uh, that debate you guys mentioned I had with Pope Pat about this issue. Cause yeah, people yeah, are for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff. This needs to be explained, um, even for people who are Americans. Uh, it's actually especially Americans because Americans are the most ignorant people on earth. So the debate was about whether Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, should be allowed to censor material ideas on their own platforms. Now, Ken White, who is a free speech First Amendment lawyer, famous one in L.A., he was debating me and he took the position that, yes, they absolutely should be allowed to do whatever they want on their sites because they're private entities. And of course, if you allow the government to interfere in the communications of private entities, then of course, you open the door for what we've been talking about, right? The government taking over speech in general. Now, that was Ken's point, And that's a very, very solid point. In fact, that's the one that we, the three of us have been making. However, there's crucial context that changes the entire debate. That, ever, that very few people know about, and you kind of mentioned it briefly, which is this. These are monopolies, essentially, right? And Facebook and Twitter essentially are monopolies. Why are they monopolies? Is it because they're just so good and their coders are so <laughs> awesome and their designs and their interfaces are so, Facebook is so fantastic at, at making a social media platform? If you've been on Facebook at all in the last couple of years, it'd be hard to believe that you would think that. It doesn't matter. Here's why. Here's why they have monopolies. Because they've give, been given millions and in some cases billions of dollars essentially in tax breaks. They're not given actual cash grants, but what they are given is they're given uh, freedom from taxation. So the city of San Francisco, where I am now, the entire much of the downtown San Francisco is giant buildings that are owned and operated by those companies tax-free. They were given, in San Francisco, you get taxed to death for everything, as everyone knows, right? Yeah. Not those companies. So Facebook pays zero dollars in taxes, whereas all their competitors, all their potential competitors would have to. So that's called regulatory capture within economics. It means regulation barring entry into the market. Yeah. 
And that's not real. So city governments have done this. State governments have done this. And even the federal government have given them, and in some cases, actual cash grants. Startup money. Yeah, I thought they got some startup too. Yeah, Yeah. but most of it's tax rebates. But that's huge. Imagine this, right? Let's say that you and I, we were talking about competing as podcasts and we're not actually, but let's say we were, like we were head to head, like I was CBS and you were NBC or whatever. And, you know, the government gave you that studio and they said, you don't have to get, you know, you don't have to give us any taxes for this. We just want you to be there. And I don't get that. Like who's going to win in that yeah, fight, yeah, exactly. right? I mean, it's, it's very simple, right? Yeah. So that's why, so, and then on top of that, so Facebook is essentially in the position of doing the bidding of the government. Why? Because they, they're not where they are without the government. Same goes for Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey are where they are at the top of our society in large part because of government yeah. Do you think they, they want to get regulated? Do you think they want the government in there to just sort of cement it, it that does position? Seem like, it does seem like they're pushing that their way there. Yeah. So with Jack, it's unclear. With Zuckerberg, it's super clear. Like he's obviously just thrown himself entirely into the government. <laughs> and to me, there's no, there's no meaning. At this point, there's no meaningful distinction between the United States government and Facebook. Wow. And let, me, let, me, let me tell you about, more about that. So what happened was about a year ago, remember he got called up to Congress during all the Russia hysteria, which we all now know is all basically a hoax completely. But, you know, for, a, for two years, everybody was sure that, oh, my gosh, you know, Russia is controlling us. And anybody who questions the narrative is a Putin stu- stooge and all this. So Jack and Mark and all the, all the guys from Silicon Valley got marched up in front of this dumbass senators in Capitol Hill and were forced to explain why they allowed this terrible thing to happen on their platforms. You know, what was it? $5,000 worth of ads that some Russian teenagers put up that are indecipherable to North Americans anyway, <laughs> which allegedly like swayed the election. Um, oh. Just a complete nonsense. But anyway, it doesn't matter because Zuckerberg went back to Facebook and he, he, well, you know what he did? He established a formal partnership with the Atlantic. Oh yeah. That's, I was going to ask you about that. Oh my God. No one's, no one's heard of this. What's the Atlantic, except for people who are experts on foreign policy. What the Atlantic Council is, it was established in the 1960s as essentially the leading think tank driving the Cold War. (laughs) It was liberals and conservatives, Democrats and Republicans, because, of course, they've always been aligned on foreign policy 100 percent. There's been virtually no difference between them on this stuff. So they their task, the Atlantic Council, was to expand NATO and to eventually suffocate the Soviet Union by surrounding it with hostile countries. You and think they, that's just because of a couple of people that are on that council and they'll get, give people the idea that it's everybody. It's Henry Kissinger, Madeleine Albright. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's every, it's every mass murderer in, in American history who's yeah. still alive. Yeah. He's on there. So it's like the PR, now, the PR firm for uh, the C- CFR in a way. Yeah. The council on foreign relations. So <laughs> a lot of war criminals on here call the mass murderers. We can just say this, you know, simply this. And they would agree with us. They want to encircle Russia entirely with NATO. They've already moved NATO already up to the border of Russia on, the, on their western border, but they want to they completely encircle it all the way around Asia. And that's one of the reasons why the United States has been so busy in the Middle East, is to not allow, is A, to not allow Russia to get a foothold there, but B, more importantly, to push Putin out entirely of the whole Eurasian landmass. And to have a government there that's friend, as friendly to us as the German government is, or the French government is, or the UK government is. That's been the Clinton agenda since 1991. So when the Cold War ended, they were like, shit, what are we going to do, right? Clinton somehow to managed more to, Cold convince, War. to convince Congress and the Europeans to pretend that the Soviet Union was still there. <laughs> 
and to keep expanding NATO and to keep putting money, more money into NATO and to keep building up the military budgets and building more missiles and more tanks and putting more troops closer and closer and closer to Russia. So, so this is why no one's paying their NATO dues is because they're just being, a, you know, a willful patsies. Right. And so what people are asking, I'm sure in their heads right now, is what the hell does this have to do with Facebook and censorship? Okay. And this is what I brought up in the debate that you guys listened to. It has everything to do with it, in my view. What those people at the Atlantic Council want, and they would not disagree with me on this, is to push Putin out of power, okay? And as I said, to create a regime there that is friendly to the United States. That is what the Clinton agenda, the Democratic Party agenda, and John McCain agenda too, by the way. It's Republicans as well. So Facebook, you can look this up, Google this if you don't believe me, just Google, if you're listening to this, Facebook and Atlantic Council, and you will see that Facebook and at the Atlantic Council entered into a formal partnership about a year ago, I think, maybe a year and a half ago. And ever since then, Facebook has every once in a while thrown off some people from thrown some people off their site, right? Canceled people. Yep. Banned them. Now, who were those people? Some of them are famous, like Milo, like Alex Jones. Anti-war people? Like Gavin McInnes. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, like I know some of those guys. They're not anti-war. They're just kind of like slightly racist conservatives, you know, they're friends of mine. It's fine. I don't care. But like, then I noticed that there were a whole bunch of people who were simply anti-war, who were simply not believing or, or skeptical about the whole Russia narrative had been banned from Facebook as well. And I was like, why is this? I'm talking about, by the way, I'm talking about left-wingers and right-wingers just who were anti-war. I'm talking about communists and socialists who want, you know, to end the American empire. And I'm talking about libertarians and a lot of old school conservatives too, who want the same thing. So it's on the far left and the far right in a way, but it's just whoever's anti-war, I noticed, got canned from mm. Facebook and mm. also somewhat by Twitter. Yeah. Now, that has to be, has to be the Atlantic Council and the foreign policy establishment in Washington, D.C. We know this actually, because Zuckerberg has said this, writing up lists of who's not okay and if you're not down with a foreign policy agenda of the United States of America of the last hundred or so years, you don't get to speak anymore in this world that is now dominated by these artificially constructed monopolies, monopolies that were built by the government, with the government, that wouldn't exist were it not for massive government intervention in the economy. If you had just let, let all the, the flowers bloom and had no government when the tech when tech started in the 1990s, do you really think it would just be Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and that's all we have? Nah, come on people. Yeah. We're talking about, as I said, billions and billions of either direct or indirect subsidies. Well, instead of now, paying taxes, you, you could just got, buy the got, competition. If I got like even a million dollars in subsidies of any kind from the government, I'd be kicking my competition's ass. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a really there good good perspective. Uh, I mean, because people want to pigeonhole it into like there's just censoring the left or the right, or you know, but but putting that together with that uh, partnership there, it really has escalated since then as well. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, and now they have endless money, so they can just okay, if it's a competition, well, how's five billion dollars sound? Just you know, pack up and go home. Yeah, yeah, they have endless money until Which, until until we force governments, and this is local, state, and 
and county and national until we force them to stop giving them these fucking subsidies. Yeah. Like it's that simple. Yeah. And then, and say to me, I'd be like, imagine what on earth could be the complaint in response to that, right? Oh, we're, <laughs> we're poor little Facebook. We need all the help we can get. No, come on. Yeah. Why is this not a political movement? Why are there not people marching in the streets about this? Because they're addicted. Why, why should Facebook get any help from the government at all? Everybody hates Facebook and Zuckerberg and the idea of the government controlling our communications. Why is this not a national movement to, to demand an end to the government propping up, subsidizing, and creating an artificial monopoly with these, with these social media platforms? I don't get it. It's because it's fuzzy in a way. Like you can't even like we got shadow, people shadow are addicted. That's like asking people to just give up all their cigarettes. Like, I know. Yeah, no, but, but it's not oh, about. That. I hate no, Zuck, no, but no, I like my life. No, but it's not. It's not about that. I mean, you can have your Facebook. It just don't. I mean, it'll go away eventually. I guess that's what you mean. But I think it's fuzzier than that. It's hard to tell who's being shadow banned and who's being censored and all that. I mean, some people are getting kicked right off. Like that's obvious. But not a lot of people are putting putting that together like you are into a you know kind of an anti-war theme there. Speaking but, of that, okay, go ahead. Speaking of war, what do you what do you think the problem is with Russia? Do you think they just they don't like Putin, or is Russia these one of those last states that isn't already on board? Or because I don't, it doesn't seem like China's on board either. The central banking and all that with the international. Right. So uh, you need one of them, and you can't get China. You or know, do they just need the war machine to keep going so they can keep fucking stealing from it? I mean, it's interesting. I don't know exactly. You know, first of all, there's the question of what does Putin want? And I, to this day, have not seen a single source that I find credible as to what he wants. I mean, I don't, I have, I have no idea, in other words. Like, all I know is what he's done, which ain't much, which ain't much at all. Has he said anything about wanting to conquer the world? Has he said anything about wanting to conquer the Middle East or even Eastern Europe? Like, again, no, no, all but he's ever... All he's ever talked about, as far as I know, and I don't even think he's done that much talking about this, but I think he said this, is he wants the old Soviet republics back, you know, which I think in those Soviet republics, I think he's probably got more friends than enemies on that question. But the thing is, it's not my business because I don't live there. I've never lived there. It's not my part of the world. You know, what, why should I, as an American, have any say over whether the Baltic states are part of Russia? I mean, that's not my business. Well, but yet, as, as an American, I actually have, right, with my vote, I actually have the power to determine the lives of people all the way across the world who have never met and never will meet. Yeah. Isn't that, Matt, let's flip that around, Americans. Yeah, yeah exactly. Let's think, let's think about, let's imagine that Latvia is the world's superpower. Has all the missiles, all the tanks, all the guns, the biggest army, the biggest, all the submarines, every, and we, are just this little country, this peace-loving country over here with no weapons. And they come along and they say, yo, you're going to be part of Mexico now because Mexico says they want you. <laughs> yeah. You don't get to be with Canada. I'd be like, but wait, I like Canada better. Wait, hold on. No, 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 no. We took a vote. We're democratic, right? The super, our superpower is democratic and our people voted that you should be part of Mexico. That... Guys, everyone, that's exactly what the United States has been doing for the last 60-odd years. Yeah. Amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, isn't it, maybe Putin, doesn't it have something to do with him not sort of playing along with the globalists? He kind of seems like he's his own his own sort of thing. He's his he's own just a wild thing. card not, with a bunch of nukes. 
He's not he's not feeling it. He's not feeling uh, the Clintons deciding who runs his country. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I'm not a fan of Putin, but I kind of understand that. instinct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I did want to get back to something about the debate, because there was something that you're the guy you were debating against was saying that I, I, I didn't quite agree with. And you'll have to help me articulate this. But I, I wrote a note down here like he tried to compare forcing companies to be uh, to enable free speech as being the same as uh, as, as censoring uh, hate speech. And I, and I can't buy, I can't buy that. That's the same thing. Like saying that I want somebody to say what they want to say is not the same as me forcing them to stop saying something else. Right. Like there's a reason right. why the, the constitution was made and the free speech was supposed to be there like for people. And it's not to, you know, it's, it's, it's a different argument, I think. Right. So let me finish. I, I guess I realized I didn't actually finish my argument or my position on this, which is this. If, if a, a social media or communications company takes that amount of government aid, then why aren't the participants protected by the First Amendment? Nah. If the government essentially created this thing, which we all now, I think, agree <laughs> or at least largely did, or at least in, even in part, Enabled even in part, yeah. why, if it's, if it's a, if the government even helped to create something, why are not the rights that that government must abide by valid or, or applicable within that, that sphere, that space that they created? I don't get it. Right. Like, so the national parks, you know, I'm pretty sure there's a first amendment when we're in the national parks, we, we, no one can bar us from speaking when we're inside. That's and a government weed in there though. Right. And so if, if the United, if the United States, let's say this, what if the United States government took over uh, NBC, right? And we will only allow Demo <laughs> we will only allow people from the democratic party to speak on this or people with particular views and everybody else will be censored from this. It would be very, very clear a very clear violation of the first first amendment because they would outright own the thing. But what if they gave NBC just a billion dollars like they do in Canada? Yeah. Like <laughs> we do that. Why should our... not, like, so here's, here's we how, don't here's hide how it works. It, right? We don't, we don't we even hide it. it. We just like, yeah, this is government media. We'll give them here's a billion how, a year. So, so here's how these gangsters work. Right. So I don't vote for them. Right. I don't vote and I don't vote period. Okay. So I have nothing to do with this. So other people vote for these people who then force me to give them money, give the state, give the government money. So I, at the point of a gun, I go to prison, right? If I don't pay it, that's taxes. My tax money goes out of my pocket involuntarily. I have nothing to do with that decision. Then they use that tax money to give Mark Zuckerberg mm -hmm. unfair competitive advantage yeah. so that he can create a, com a communications monopoly that I depend on for everything in my life. Yet I have no First Amendment rights within there. Yeah. Even though I paid for the motherfucker, you know, like, okay, someone please explain this to me. Right? That ain't, that's not right. Yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's a logical, there's a lot, there's a logical inconsistency, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So could you equate that to like not being able to drive drunk down the highway? With not driving drunk? What do you mean? Like not driving drunk down the government owned highway? Oh. oh shit uh you mean well right i mean so so the problem of course is if the i don't want the government to control facebook i want them out entirely but if they're going to 
control it, then yeah, I want my first amendment. Right. So my, my line is give me my first amendment or give me my money back. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So that's it. That's right. I guess because driving drunk isn't a right, but you could drive down the freeway saying whatever you want. Yeah. Well, it's a Well, there's a responsibility, right. That comes with state aid, right. You have to play by their game, which is another reason I don't want Facebook to have anything to do with the government. Right. I'd rather them just get out. I'm just saying if the government, so long as the government is in there, then I need to have my first amendment rights because I'm paying for the damn thing. So that, that debate was like six months ago now. And, and a lot has happened since then. I mean, what, what do you think since, since then and how bad it's gotten? And were you surprised at the audience reaction that they weren't all like really, it was kind of split down the middle. Like you, you know, there, there wasn't like a lot of people advocating for, for free speech after that. I mean, it's, it's mind blowing to me. Well, I think I heard everybody, a stat. Everybody had talked to afterward was um, really agreed with my major argument. It's yeah. just that that argument didn't win the particular narrow. The, the scope question. of it. Yeah. Which was really yeah. about whether it ends at violence and, and inciting violence and, uh, and threats, right. like clear, clear threats and inciting violence, which I always grew up thinking like, you know, as long as you're not, that's where the line is drawn, right? You can't, you know, create. I, I violence. thought I seen a stat the other day was like something like 40% or 30% of uh, people between like 16 and 23 think that the state should be governing speech. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. The young, the young in this country um, are different than they used to be. The so young, what, young people in this country are, are far more authoritarian than um, young Americans of previous generations. Do you, you think this. that's like a socialism sort of thing where they're entitled or they're, they're just, they got their they, they because there seems to be this trend through history that the more successful you get, you get sort of softer and you got nothing to do all day. So you just start bitching at the people that do have stuff to do. And I mean, I'm obviously I'm, I'm, um, simplifying it, but, but if you look at the history of the empires, there seems to be this system where you get to so good and then you get sort of lazy and mm -hmm. you sort of decay from the inside out. I mean, no armies took over Rome. It just sort of slowly dilapidated because everyone was stealing from the pot and, you know, everyone forgot how to hunt or whatever, you know? Or, so, yeah. Today, yeah. So today uh, I was in a cafe in San Francisco and sitting right next to me was a young man and a young woman. And the young man was going on and on about how, and this was the word he used, traumatized he was by the Kavanaugh hearings, by the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, which were how many months ago now? And he went on and on about how upsetting, how, how much trauma he had experienced from going through those hearings and how that had followed on the trauma of the election and Donald Trump's president. And he was experiencing so much trauma from this and he was so upset. And I'm thinking the whole time, only a rich kid would say this, only a rich kid would be that concerned about people he doesn't even know that has nothing to do with policy that will not affect anybody's lives. Even if, even if Kavanaugh had raped that woman, it's completely irrelevant to what he will do as a Supreme Court justice. But, it's, but I believe this kid who he's talking, he's a young guy, I believe that he really was upset and really feels traumatized by it. But here's the thing, poor people don't give a shit about Brett Kavanaugh. Working class people were not traumatized by the alleged rape that happened or whatever it was. Because they're busy living. They're busy having lives, their own lives. They have their own, they have plenty of their own trauma. They don't have to import it 
from fantasies that have been projected onto political figures. Did, right? did, did you hear about this? Well, this was in our chats a couple minutes ago. You should have asked him during the Kavanaugh hearing, what happened? The so the bipart there's bipartisan support for the secret accounting to hide missing money. So this uh, FASAB rule apparently was approved by both administration and the bipartisan Congress the same week that everybody was screaming about Kavanaugh. So, mm. I mean, that should, I don't know if you've heard of that. And I don't know if it's fake news, but some guys that I rely, uh, that I believe in the, in the chats were talking about it. So, you know, everybody's fighting over that. And meanwhile, they, they pass this, this shit in secret. Well, here's the thing about Brett Kavanaugh. So first of all, yes, uh, your point was awesome about, I, to me, American, most of American politics is, is the politics of a wealthy, entitled, privileged country, people. The poorest people in the United States are richer than 99% of the world's population. Like we don't, there is no poor person. If you talk globally, there is no poor person in the United States, really. I mean, compared, if you, if you place it in a global context, yeah. there's virtually no poverty here. Um, and we also know there's immense wealth here. And that's not just the super wealthy. We talk about declining wages and blah, blah, blah. But come on. I mean, look, what we're, look where we live. Look what we can do. Everybody, I mean, this is the wealthiest we've ever been, and this country is the wealthiest country in the history of the world. Again, like, you're just not, you know, people who deal with, people who have to, are concerned with surviving week to week, people who have had a death of a close one, people who have fought cancer and survived it, people who have been in prison, people who have been in wars, people who have killed, been wounded, been traumatized in all sorts of real ways. I'm pretty sure that most of those people don't really care too much whether Brett Kavanaugh groped a girl when he was 17 years old, 40 years ago. So yeah, it's the politics of privilege is what you're hearing. Left-wing politics has always been a politics of the upper class, not just the middle class. It's always been an upper class politics. Do you think it's, um, do you think it's, it's amplified online and it's less of a problem in the, in the, on the ground, so to speak, or do you think it's, it is a widespread problem? And I mean, at that level, like, I mean, aside from it being subliminal messages in the cartoons, it's gotta be either parenting or the education system. That's, that's, that's causing this, which, which of those are a combination of both meds. Well, <laughs> We're not as, a, get as, a, as a former professor of 20 plus years in elite universities across America, I think I'm, I think this is right. I think it all emanates from there, from colleges and universities. So the language, the, the affect, the style, the particular concerns, the, the focus or the foci of the various hysterias, which is what I call them, they're hysterias. First it was sexual assault, and then, and then the Ku Klux Klan. Remember when the Ku Klux Klan was on every college campus and every black, every black kid on a college campus had their life threatened? Remember that? They, they believed that two years ago, remember that? And before that, it was a sexual assault hysteria where every woman in college was getting raped. Remember that? Yeah. And then right after that, it was Putin. Putin took over the, and then Trump took over, and the Nazis took over the country, and then the Klan took over the country again. So, Let's look at left-wing discourse over the last five years. It is nothing but a series of hysterias. Hysterias. It was said that black bodies were endangered at Yale. If you don't think that's hysterical, <laughs> I don't know what to say to you. Yeah. If you still think 
Trump's been in office how long? If you still think he's just the grand wizard of the KKK or he's just Adolf Hitler, which some people still do, I don't know what to say to you. It's so clearly not the case. I mean, the fact that Obama deported way, way, way more Mexicans and Central Americans than Trump ever will be able to, yet Trump is the racist and the Nazi and the anti-immigrant guy. I, you know, I live in a different world than most of these people down here in this country, which is when, one of the reasons, which is one of the reasons, by the way, I will actually be moving to Mexico. Wow. Is that why you, well, is that why I got to ask if that's why you left California? I mean, no, I, I'm just doing business up and down the West coast. I mean, most of my, much of my business is on the West coast. I have some people in New York, but, uh, no, I mean, I'm not sure about this, but like Mexico sure looks attractive right now because it's way cheaper. It's much nicer than we're led to believe. Despite the drug war that we created, yeah. even despite that, Mexico has still managed to be one of the most miraculous countries I've ever been to. And um, it's way freer because the state is much weaker there. Yeah. They're, not, they're not kicking me off of any social media platform. They're not banning me from anything down there because they can't. They're in, and they want my money. They want my gringo presence. They want my money. So I think Mexico is a really good option for a lot of people now. And you can also, it's so close. It's like, it's basically like living in Houston in terms of, because the flights are so cheap these days because of deregulation. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but that's, that's a reason to leave. And that's one reason I'm thinking about. Is that where, uh, I don't know. Where's, where's, is that where Anna, 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 Co, what's the anarchy for, uh, conference there? Was that in, Anacopoco, is that in, is that in Mexico? Acapulco? That's Mexico. Acapulco, right? yeah. Acapulco. Which is, yeah, I, so I spoke there in February. It's an annual conference. That was a good uh, speech. Thank you. Yeah, um, we are actually there. They, there's a very good vibe there, but there was very little intellectual content and very little what I would even call political content. But the great news is that the heads of Anarcopulco, even though we had a very rough start uh, between us, um, they now, we're in a partnership. We're going to have Renegade University, which is my alternative education platform, we're going to run workshops and seminars at the next Anarchopulco in February, Mexico. And we're going to teach people what anarchism is, what politics is, what liberalism is, what conservatism is. I mean, people really didn't have sort of basic frameworks and how, how being an anti-statist uh, and being pro-market and being pro-individual liberty and freedom and the countercultural part of that too, not just, not just libertarianism, but the hippies and the beatniks and the jazz artists and all the, the lineage, the prostitutes in American history, right? They were all free loving individuals. Agorists. Counter-economics, <clears throat> right? So we're going to teach all of that like in a rigorous way at Anarchopulcos just to give some intellectual weight to the partying and the individual uh, freedom that they're very good at. Um, but um, yeah, so that's, that's going on. And I, I do encourage people to think seriously about leaving the country. If, you're in, if you live in the United States and you have problems with this, political, this place politically, there are other places that are better. Yeah. And let's be clear too. Man, like I've people, been thinking about moving like, there. And you're not, it's not like you're on the right or anything, or you defend Trump at all either. Like you're, you're pretty much... Not about any I, of that. So you're you're pretty pretty quick to to uh, to criticize both sides. You know, Trump. I mean, Trump is like 100 percent, in my view, 100 percent wrong on immigration and trade and most economics. So that's pretty big. Yeah. You know, and then he's about at least 60 percent a mass murderer. 
just like all the rest of them. He's killed fewer so far, but he's still killed. He's he's killed some people, and um, I don't. So he's just put in the same bucket as the rest of them. Is yeah, my view. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> what are some of the other things you guys are teaching? Like besides the Anarchapoco thing, I don't even know if I can say that right. But Anarchapoco. Uh, what about uh, your Renegade University in general? Yeah, Anarchapoco would just be one weekend. So we've been teaching for two years now. We've had okay. courses on yeah. philosophy, on history, history of the United States. A lot of my work on history of the United States, foreign policy, politics, culture. We have those courses online right now. You can buy them as we speak. You can just go to uh, thaddeusrussell.com/courses. And then um, we're about to launch Renegade University 2.0. We have a brand new platform, our own platform. It's been built uh, by my IT uh, partner. Mm -hmm. And we're going to launch that any day now, which will include both these video lectures that you can buy and also, and this is exciting, what we're calling office hours, where you can talk to our faculty via Zoom just like this. And it could either be a seminar format or it can be a one-on-one, depending on what you want to pay. And so a lot of our faculty are, a lot of them are guests who have been on my show. A lot of them are academics and journalists and people who you would expect, but they all have a sort of a radical edge to them. And then we have um, people who have worked in cannabis for years as dealers or growers. Uh, We have sex workers who are still illegal, of course, teaching courses on how to be a sex worker. And that includes stripping, that includes escorting, that includes all sorts of stuff, working in porn, whatever you want. And then sex workers need help. They need staff. And so we're actually going to help. We're going to train people to be security, to be escorts for sex workers. Um, how, to, how to establish a club, how to do escorting in secret to stay safe from the, to the, from the state, et cetera. How to do your taxes when you, when you work as an agorist, as a black market person. All these things that people need help with to evade demand, we're going to offer. Wow. So what about, what would you offer podcasters as far as like teaching them how to, how to be agoristic in their endeavors? I could be the podcast yeah, teacher. Like, I, I wish could, we could Because it's different, right? It, it's different than a, you know, a local backpage.com kind of thing, you know? This is like international and uh, you're kind of putting yourself out there. So is there any tips for, for people that are doing this? I mean, well, there's... No, not, not that I know. I mean, podcasting is, I wish, right. I would love yeah. to, I don't, I can't think of any way. I mean, or, other or than YouTubers, other, other than cheating on your taxes, you know, which yeah. I strongly advocate, but that's for every, that goes for everybody. That's not just for podcasters. No, I can't. When I come up with a way to make some money, uh, under, uh, under the table on this, I will do it. And I'll let you know. <laughs> can you, can you, uh, uh, how do I say this? Can you defend that, that, that position a little bit more on cheating on your taxes? What do you mean? Well, you know, like people want to, you know, be honest. They want to, even if they don't agree with the state and all, they want to do things honestly and, and above board. But if you're, you know. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, it, again, that's your choice. If you, so if someone comes to your house and steals all your, your money or steals some of your money, um, and then uses it for their own purposes that you had nothing, no say over whatsoever. Yeah. Why? I don't understand why you would feel obligated to give the thief your money again. Yeah, like yeah. what? That's a, if you didn't vote for this thing yeah. and you've never, or, and you haven't voted for like me, like I have zero responsibility. Well, even the vote, I mean, the vote doesn't even matter. I mean, it doesn't even, it doesn't at all, <clears throat> you know, Buying specify gift. where where the money's going. I mean, our money still goes to the Clinton Foundation. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. 
and so everything. The, the classic, the classic retort to that, right, is well, but you still benefit from the roads and the bridges yeah. and the schools yeah. and the hospitals and that. I'd say, yeah, but even those I didn't choose. And by the way, they're all falling apart. Well, plus you you're know? paying a shit ton of other fifty other taxes in the meantime as well. I mean, but again, again, I had nothing to do with any of that decision making. You all made those decisions without me, and now you want me to pay for it. Yeah, and we, we can negotiate that, something. This is where it's really, really insidious is they actually make us feel bad <laughs> about, about when we don't let the thief into our house, when we lock the door, when we know the thief is coming on April 15th and we lock the door, we, we actually feel bad. We've done, that's that's how, what, a, what a number they've done on us, right? We cheat, so many of us cheat, but we won't talk about it. So many people cheat, so many people, everyone's an agorist, right? Everyone, pretty much, who hasn't cheated in some way, economically, right? Certainly on their taxes. Come on, every every American's cheated at some point. That makes them an agorist. Okay, that makes them criminals. Now, they do it, but they don't talk about it, right? Which means that there's shame attached to this. It's like pornography. We know that everybody watches it, and that nobody talks about it. <laughs> we know that every we know the numbers now. Pornhub has released the number. Every American adult has watched porn in the last year. We know that. Uh, no way, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard you should. The most amazing podcast, other than mine and yours, is John Ronson's oh, on boy, the one? On, on porn on oh, Pornhub. Oh, oh. It's an amazing. It's an amazing documentary series. And the guy, the head of Pornhub, is like cites figures. He's talking about how these Americans are judging pornography all the time. He's like, that's really interesting because yesterday, 160 million of them came to our site. Jeez. Holy shit. He's like, the, the hypocrisy in America is staggering because we know for a fact that essentially every adult American has come to Pornhub in the last year. Like, <laughs> like way over 90%. Yeah, like that's, way over that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like essentially, statistically, it's essentially 100%. Yet we moralize constantly and we never, here's the point, we never mention it. Now, why would you not mention this thing that you do every damn day or often unless you have shame about it? Right? So you have shame about porn, sex, and you also have shame about not, doing, not paying your taxes. Now, I, I happen to have the opposite view of both things. I happen to like sex and I happen to love, hate taxes, right? Yet most Americans around me, this is why I have to move to Mexico, have just the opposite view. It's very weird. I mean, imagine that, right? You love taxes, but you're ashamed of sex? What, what's, that's, not, that's not, I mean, I'm not judging. I'm just saying it's an, an interesting way to live. Back to educate, that's going to be education, or is that just like years and years of parenting and the church and bad decisions? And I mean, it's the taxes are tough because then, like, they just take them right off my paycheck. I don't even, I don't even get to not pay them. And I'm an Indian for fuck's sake. <laughs> Damn, man. This is bullshit. <laughs> you probably get some of that back, no? You don't get, uh, no. No, you don't get any refunds on your carbon, you I get, get for, carbon tax I get, refund? I get, they off they offset whatever my work benefits don't pay for the dentist the Indians pay for, and now they now they want to you know start ta taxing the the globe carbon tax. I mean this is Canada's way ahead on this too. That's probably one of the examples that we just repealed our carbon tax. Did we? Yeah, yeah like like four days ago. It's coming back though. The federal one's going to come in and come right back. But yeah, yeah. gas went down ten cents a liter or something like that one day. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's still twice it's, as much as it is in Oregon. The, I mean, so you're asking like why, why we have this political regime? 
or, or, well, no, it's not even that. It's like, why do we, why do we seem to have a generation that's more willing to give up its rights? Than, oh, back and, to that. and I'm, well, yeah, I mean, that's what it all stems down to is it's a losing battle. If the, if in 20 years, they just fucking throw us all in a gulag. <laughs> right. I said, no, I love that question. And I, I think about it all the time because, well, so here's an interesting thing. Um, I'm sure your audience is similar to mine demographically, which is that they're overwhelming, I shouldn't say overwhelmingly, but mostly younger men, men under 40, I would say. Yeah, By the way, right. for mine, I don't know about you guys, but it's not all white, but it is definitely mostly men. Um, but, and that's an interesting phenomenon, right? That's going on. That's Jordan Peterson's phenomenon. That's a lot, that's Joe Rogan. A lot of those, the huge chunk of those audiences are young men, men under 40. So there's something going on there. That's interesting. Yeah. And I have some, I have a lot of ideas about that. I think men in this country and probably in Canada too, have been getting kicked in the teeth a lot over the last 10 to 20 years in various ways that they're not allowed to complain about. Yeah. Right. I they're see not that. allowed. So I personally, I personally have been told twice by colleges and universities that I was not going to be hired because I was white and a man. Yeah. I've been told to my face twice in my career. Okay, that's illegal, that's racist <laughs> and sexist. Yet, it's, I can't even complain about it. Whenever I bring it up to people, they're just, they blow it off. Now, imagine if I were black or a woman, and I said that, right? That I had been denied jobs because of my race and my sex. I would get sympathy immediately. I have gotten no sympathy when I tell this story to people. Because you're privileged. Because I'm a white guy, look at me. You're like, privileged. It, I, yeah, yeah like, I, I came not, out you're of not repressed. So I came out of the womb. I came out of the womb with like a, a stack of Benjamins in my hand. Of course, <laughs> all white men are given that at birth. You know, uh, no, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, being, this is one of the this is the main reason I am doing my own university because they wouldn't let me in because I'm I'm a white man. Yeah. I mean, that's how racist. I mean, seriously, like yeah. mm -hmm. I was I had two books published. I had stellar teaching recommendation, you name it. I mean, I was running circles around these, honestly, these people, but they would hire people who were clearly inferior, sometimes not even in the field, not even in my field. They would bring people from other fields because they were black women or, or women or whatever. They were the right skin tone. Yeah. So how does and, that correlate to the men now gravitating towards these types of podcasts as well? I mean, and, and, and where's the women in that? They're listening to NPR. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just, or busy with their other stuff. Like they, I, I feel like they're, they're just busy doing other things in a way. Well, we had about a thousand a women listeners. The women are busier than ever before because men are less busy. So this is another thing that's happening. I'm not the only man who's been, been denied a job, right? I'm not the only man who's had trouble finding work. It's hard these days. So there's whole within certain fields, not all fields, but yeah, in yeah. certain fields, it is truly nearly impossible to 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 get a job or get ahead if you're a white guy or it's very very difficult there's all sorts of disadvantages to you and i just found out today this blew me away i was in san francisco having meetings with some tech people and i couldn't believe this because they're i thought they were like hardcore capitalists who know better but you have to you have to to get any venture capital money in san francisco i mean i'm talking about from a thousand dollar grant to a multi-million dollar investment you have to have Proof of diversity. Wow. Yeah. It's a common thing. I'm talking about venture capitalists in Silicon Valley 
It's standard, I found out. Standard. To get the money, you have to have a certain number of blacks and women and Latinos and China, whatever. It's, it's remarkable, right? So that's actually counter to their own interests in many ways. But, and these are the wealthiest, most powerful people on the planet, right? Silicon Valley venture capitalists, they can, they're, the, they're, the, they're the masters of the universe. They're terrified of these social justice warriors all the time. It's ridiculous. Is that what it is, you think? Because I've heard you talk about the, the professors in the university system about sort of a cowardice that's there. Or, or, um, and that's, that's the same thing here is it's not just so much virtue signaling, but there's just fear of, uh, of being mm -hmm. ostracized or whatever. Yeah. In certain er in certain areas, right? Yeah. This is not true in Kansas City, right? This is not true in Houston, maybe, but yeah, certainly yeah. in the Bay Area, which yeah. is the most arguably the most important part of the country right now. Yeah, in terms of power and wealth and influence, right? Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and in Oregon, Portland, and Seattle, Northwest, and Vancouver, and Toronto. Oh, it's it's yes, you know, like the SJWs control the the dominant discourse. Yeah, right? they don't seem to be. I mean, they don't seem to be cowards. Because they're out doing crazy shit and and lighting themselves on fire or whatever the fuck to, but at the same time they seem scared of speech. I mean, I I don't get it. I I really don't get it. I mean, I I mean, the I, I no, struggle no, no, the with confrontation. The leadership, the cowardice at a leadership level. He's talking about not not like just your average. No, to me, there's a certain that people that if if you can get a third of the population to vote that the government should control speech, and I mean this even goes into hate speech which we get into that, you know, hate speech probably shouldn't be illegal. It should just be frowned upon. It should be up to the public to decide that words are bad. It should be like, okay, you can say that word, but when you do, everyone's going to be like, ee, and it's like, okay, you know, like, that, that, so when you can get a third of the population that doesn't want to look at that guy funny that said that, and they'd rather the government just dealt with it because I don't even want to look at that guy. And I, there's a certain... I, I can't see it. It's either complete brainwashing or it's a level of cowardice of not wanting to deal with tough conversations, which we all have. I mean, especially when it gets to, I mean, with men in emotional conversations and stuff like that, that's tough on one level, but it seems like now we've, and I mean, I struggle with confrontation myself a little bit, but I still won't usually not have a conversation, but it seems like we're only a, you know, we're, there might, we might be the last generation that isn't that. Oh, like there's other people that, you know, I can see it amongst people that I know that are, you know, maybe 10 or 20 years younger than me that they just, they just, they just won't say anything ever, you know? So what's, what's the, uh, what's like the worst slur? I don't even know. What's the worst slur against an Indian in Canada? Like what, what's like a name that you would be called? <laughs> hmm. Is there a name? Is there, what's the, what's the version? What's the Indian version of nigger? I guess it would probably be like uh, Chug was one. I think you can call calling these yeah, Chugs chug, chug one, yeah. or chug? Uh, Squaw. I was thinking of scalpel. Yeah, there's something about scalping, scalper. Maybe, yeah, scalper. Yeah, scalper. Like I mean, technically, you're not supposed to call us Indians anymore. But I'll tell you what, my status card says registered Indian. So, <laughs> right. So what, what was it? Chug. C H U G. Yeah. 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 I think like, it's because like chug alcohol. Drink? Yeah. Yeah. Probably got, got something okay, to do with okay. alcohol. So here. So here's the deal. All right. So. Okay, we live in a society with a whole bunch of people in it, all right? Now, you have a choice. Um, let's, say, let's say you want to have friends in this society. <laughs> you want to have people help you be cooperative. You know, if you have problems, you want them to be available. You know, you want to get along. So you can run around calling Indians chug 
Okay. And that's fine. That's your choice. You're just not going to probably have any Indian friends or not many. Or any and other friends that are just like, what are you or doing? Or any other friends. So, so that's what I would call an adult's decision to make. So if you're a grown up, I say that is up to you. Whether you want to have Indian friends or other friends or black friends or whoever it is. And I would say to you, if you want to have those friends, don't use those words, probably. Uh, if you do want to have those friends, treat them differently. But that's up to you to decide. And as long as you're not hurting anybody physically or otherwise or taking their stuff or doing anything, again, then again, that's up to them to decide how they feel about the word chug or nigger or whatever it is. That's up to them to decide. You see what I'm saying here? Mm -hmm. Instead, so that's, that's option number one, is to treat everybody like adults who is an adult, right? Option number two is you have a new daddy and a new mommy come in and tell you that word is wrong, that word is wrong, don't say this, don't say that, and that would be the government. The government treating us like children is what it is. I, I'm sorry, I'm a 53-year-old professor. Explain to me why Donald Trump or Barack Obama or George Bush or Hillary Clinton or anybody in Washington, D.C. or Sacramento or, any, or City Hall should tell Thaddeus Russell what he can and cannot say? <laughs> like, yeah, seriously? I mean, it's funny to hear you say adult decisions because Lisa and I were just down in the States for two weeks. We went through... Montana, Utah, Idaho. I went into Wyoming for a little bit in Yellowstone and Colorado. And I mean, as soon as you get over the border, we're like, you're driving around, around Montana and we drive by like 30 cars. Every fucking license plate is different. And it's like, you drive around Canada, there's like 15 different license plates. Once for each province, that's it. But we, you know, by, by about halfway through the trip, we were actually talking about how even in the States to us, especially, I mean, when you're going into Montana and Idaho, you're a little bit, you know, those are special places. But, um, you know, we were saying that it's in the States, there's a next level of adults being able to make adult decisions, like whether it's starting a business or you see way more, <clears throat> way more mom, pa stuff in the States. Then, and I mean, I've only been in the Western half. I haven't spent much time in the East, but from, you know, it seems like from at least Western Colorado over yeah, every, there's way more mom and pa than there is. Uh, I haven't been to a lot of cities. I stay out of the cities, but there's way more pa, mom and pa than there is in Canada. In Canada, the mom and pa is all but gone, except in the small, small towns. And um, so it's just funny to hear you say adult decisions because, you know, we actually talk about that when we go to the States, how it seems like, you know, they let adults make adult decisions here. I can buy those little firecracker things that are illegal in Canada. I can go shoot a gun. I mean, I didn't, but I you wanted can, you to. You can drive 80 miles an hour. I can drive 80 miles an hour. I could probably do 90 and no one's going to pull me over, <laughs> you know? But, and then yeah. for you to say that you feel like you got to go to, so it, for you, is it a freedom thing or is it that you don't like what they're doing with your money? All of it. And it's also, it's also out of fear of what's coming because I'm sure eventually they're going to they're gonna take my PayPal and my MasterCard and my, Visa away and my all, all my means of monetization. Yeah, YouTube, does it matter YouTube if you're in Mexico a though? Times taken demonetized a couple of my videos for no good reason. So once they find out how evil I am, how racist and and fascist and Trump loving and <laughs> what a Nazi I am, you are pretty. No, I got. I would. I'm pretty surprised. I, I was expecting I'm chosen, less man. Nazi. 
for sure. But won't they do that in Mexico anyway? Hmm? Won't they do that? Can't they shut you down even if you're in Mexico? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we're going to go. You have to go crypto. We're going to go crypto eventually. Like that's, that's where everybody needs to be going. If you want to avoid that kind of a relationship with the government, you got to go crypto. So we're going to have eventually, that's, that's the big long-term target. But it's, we're already taking Bitcoin and we're going to start taking other uh, cryptocurrency now. But we also are going to work on blockchain as well. Isn't, there more, a, isn't there more of a blockchain internet happening, like Skycoin or something like that, like an infrastructure that's more blockchain-based? Yeah, we're going to, I mean, we're actually thinking about having a renegade university coin. Wow. Ooh, I wonder which if- we'll have, Which will have blockchain, we will do this, which will have blockchain attached to it. That's, that's a bigger, longer project. But yeah, yeah. we're totally going to do that. I wonder how and, much and everybody needs Everybody have. needs to do that, honestly, unless you, unless you want to play the game. Right, right. So is that, gonna, what do you think of cryptos? Are you pretty, uh, are you, do, do you watch the cryptos? Is there any, what, what ones do you like? I'm, I'm new to it. So I, I do not ask me for advice on, on investing, but just politically and socially and culturally, it's pretty, it's become pretty clear to me in the last six months or so that that's the future. Yeah. Where's that? Bitcoin specifically, do you think Bitcoin's safe? What's that? Do you think Bitcoin's safe? McAfee seemed to think Bitcoin was safe. Safe in what way? Like, uh, like from the government, I guess, for lack of a better word. I it's mean, not a scam because it seemed kind of scammy. You know, it went from a couple hundred bucks to 20,000 and then back down. And it just seems like it was manipulated a little bit. Well, so I know, I know personally many people, I shouldn't say that. I've known, I know, I've known several people who have lived entirely basically on cryptocurrency for the last like four or five years. Wow. You can do, I mean, you can take Bitcoin right now. You can take Bitcoin and convert it to Canadian dollars or U.S. dollars, whatever you want right now. Yeah, I've, I, I, I tend to lose our Bitcoin. I sent some to the wrong address. So like, so what's scammy about that? Like, well, it was know, my fault. Invest- yeah, no, he's, he's, I'm more worried about if the government has any fingers into it. You know what I mean? So, if they'd be like, so okay, the, guess what, motherfuckers, we're Bitcoin and now that's ours too. We just shut it off or, you know, whatever. The government, as I understand it, would have to seize every hard drive that has Bitcoin on it in the world. Every server, every hard drive that has whatever, you know, every hard, piece of hardware that has it on it. Because it's a code, right? It's on your computer. Or it's written, or it's not even on your computer. Some, in many cases, it's written, it's not supposed to be on your computer. Many people just write it, that, write it down, the code, that's your Bitcoin address, right? And they, they put it away. So the government would have to come and seize every single Bitcoin code somehow or another, either from your computer or take it from your file drawer where you have it written down. Or there have been many cases, you guys may have heard of this, of like of Bitcoin billionaires or millionaires dying and they had never written it down. They died with the code in their head. And so the money's just gone. The wow. government can't get that. The money can't get that. Yeah, the money can't. Government can't get that money either. Right? Well, they'll come after the, well, well, they come and get your guns. They'll just get your Bitcoin at the same time. But they can't, right? Because they got to get, it's, it's, I I'll think it's take impossible. half the code and you take half the code. We'll get it tattooed on us. Oh, wait, I shouldn't have said that. Fuck. We'll have to make it a puzzle. Like, yeah. We'll, we'll come up with something. We got to get back on the, actually, we take Bitcoin now, but I forget the password. But it's okay. Jordan's got it under control. Okay. So I outsource the Bitcoin management. And Jordan was at, uh, uh, at Jordan goes to Anarchapoco every year. So he's been trying to get me to go. So maybe I'll have oh. to go next year. Maybe I'll see you there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who else was there? Charlie Robinson was there doing ayahuasca, wasn't he? I don't know. 
Uh, Charlie Robinson's book right here. Or who? Who? If, no, if it wasn't. Into, Char- if you're into ayahuasca, you probably were at an Arcapulco. Most most ayahuasca people go there. Huh. Yeah, it wasn't. No, it wasn't Charlie. It was uh, who wrote the Nazi book with off Joseph P. Farrell's book. Oh, it's gonna bug me now. Eric's brother. Yeah. Eric P. Antoni's brother or cousin. Yeah, I got it in the top of my head too. Ugh. Anyways. I did want to. I did want to mention because I think the media has got to take some responsibility Carl. for what's it, Carl? Carl Demarco. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, it seems like a long time ago when sticks and stones may break my bones, uh. but names have never hurt me. Like that's what I grew up to be. Like, so don't worry about what people call. I wonder me, what right? the new one is. And and I mean, since since then, <clears throat> what happened? Something shifted, right? I know people will blame postmodernism and all that, probably, but. But the media's got to take responsibility here. Like there was an example of Sargon and Vakad, and they and somebody deconstructed what what one of the mainstream media channels strung together four of his quotes about pedophilia, and he was actually denouncing it and saying how bad it was. That made him sound like a pedophile. I mean, so in this in this in this age of uh, outrage and and uh, virtue signaling and all that, and then there's and then there's these deep fake things happening from the mainstream. I mean, there's lie upon lie from the mainstream media. Like what do we do or how do, do you have advice for like us or as a society? Like, what can we do besides just bowing out to, to deal with the, the hypocrisy and lies that are, I mean, cause they're causing a lot of this issue. I think, I mean, I kind of blame, blame them on a lot of this. I stuff. mean, you talk to Cernovich and like he says, he, he doesn't even blame the elite so much. Well, I guess he does blame the elite in a certain, but I was surprised by his take on that. It's the media. He blames the media for tricking the government into the wars, like the babies and incubators and uh, weapons of mass discussion or weapons of mass discussion. That's what podcasts are. I have have a a different view as to who's to blame. Okay, good. Not the media. It's not the elites. It's not even the government, not even politicians. It's the American people. I don't know. See, I was gonna. I'm ho- I was hoping you'd bring this up. They repeatedly, repeatedly voted vote this. For these yeah, but you, they're, you can't blame them because they're brainwashed by the media. And the like, two-party really, system. You and, can't yeah. even string together what's true and what's not in, in there anymore. Like it's really hard for wait, wait, wait. for the wait, last wait, wait. few decades, man. It's just so. That's what I that, say too, though. That's sorry, what I say too. You. One second here. Tell that to the people of the Soviet Union, right? Where they, they, they had complete lockdown control of the media there, but those people staged a revolution and overthrew that regime entirely. That, that won't happen. This, it's, there's, it's a different time. <laughs> but what my point is you're taking away people's individual agency by saying that. Yeah, taking, I understand away, that. Were, they yeah. have a responsibility here. I, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I understand that. But it's... You don't, but the, but the propaganda goes deep. It's really, really. I know. So look, it went deep look. in the Soviet Union too, though. Just imagine, you know. Yeah, but it, maybe it Especially was. Maybe by then, you're, was, you're, maybe you're a couple generations into that shit by then, where you're ratting out your neighbor. So what do you? The the question you had for me was, what do you do about this? What do you do about all these people who want to take away our speech rights? Who want to take away our speech? Who want to ban us? Who want to? Well, that are lying about us. I mean, it's not even that they want to take it away about it, but they're outright lying and getting away with it, like right. making so, making shit up. Right. So what you do is you do what you're doing. 
you have a podcast and you keep producing episodes and you keep speaking in public the way that we are speaking right now. So right now we are putting into the air, into the world, these ideas, these thoughts powerfully. And you do this with every episode. I do with every episode that I produce, right? And that's all we can do. And that is by far, by far the most effective, powerful thing you can do is just grow your audience. Once you change the culture, the laws follow. Yeah, yeah. Law is downstream from culture. Yeah. Politics is downstream from culture. Yeah. Rogan's there now, you know what I mean? Rogan's doing 10 million, 15 million an episode. That guy's got some influence on culture. That's what you got to be. I mean, Rogan says some stuff that people don't like, or we, even that we don't like from time to time, but you got to like that at least he's on our side on free speech and a couple of the big ones. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? At, because at well, the end of the day, as long as you have that one. Uh, he's towing the mainstream line on some of the big ones too. I mean, he really won't budge on a lot of things. But that's his, that's his right. Yeah. A hundred percent. As long as but we have why, our right to keep saying our shit, then it's okay. And I mean, but this is why the media is pushing back. This is why they're lying about people like Sargon of Akkad because the independent media is, is coming to that point where it's catching up to the mainstream media. I wonder if not passing them. If we just ignored it, if it would amplify it less. I wonder how many people are actually watching the mainstream media. No, but it's it says it's not directly from them. It's it's all the all the the Jills. the the. Uh, the forwards and the quotes and the, you know, like it's the, it's the after effect of it. Once they put that lie out there, it's, it, it ripples through. It's not the, you know, it's not the source. Like people watch that one TV program. I mean, maybe it was a headline in a paper or something like that, but it's already out there. It's already done its damage. But so here's how, here's how the media, here's how the media breaks down in the United States. Here's how it works. So you have NPR, so that's government financed. Okay. Government finance, and it's also essentially a wing of the Democratic Party. Like it's, they essentially, they speak what the Democratic Party wants to be spoken. That's not a secret. No. We know that. Right? They, push the, they push the candidates that have the money. There's no doubt about it. Okay. So then, so that's NPR, which is a huge chunk of the media, right? Then you have the New York Times, uh, you have MSNBC, which are the same. You know, they, they are essentially wings of the Democratic Party. There's no question about that at all. Um, and then you have Fox News and you have conservative talk radio, which are wings of the Republican Party. No question about that either, right? No. Okay, so the main, what's called the mainstream media is part and parcel of the two major political parties here. They are essentially wings of the government, therefore. Then you have, hang on, then you have what you guys have been talking about, this whole, e- I call it a, a like an ecosystem or a whole universe of alternative media that's, a, that's, that's developed because of the technology, digital alternative media. Rogan is the most famous and biggest example of this. All of us working in that space, like you guys and me and Rogan, we don't have any connections to political parties, right? Even if we're not anarchists or libertarians or whatever, like Rogan, like he's not, he's not an anarchist or liberal. He just doesn't care. He's not part of that world. He's not attached to, he's not attached to either political party He's not attached to the mainstream media, which are basically one and the same. He's just something else. He Maybe just started the CIA. this thing. Maybe the CIA. And, it, and then the rest of us followed it, right? And so out of this, but we have this incredibly huge thing now that, you know, it's not just Rogan. There's lots and lots and lots of podcasts with huge audiences that are outside of the mainstream political media yeah. establishment. Yeah. So, so just keep supporting us. You know, let's all support each other. 
those of us on this side, and it's really two sides now, on this question, on this question, there's two sides. It's really split down the middle. If you look at like the top 100 podcasts, you can see it. You can see that there's the NPR podcast and then there's the non-NPR podcast. Yeah, yeah. And it's very clear, you know. Um, so, so, so listen to these podcasts, support our brothers and sisters doing this work against the mainstream, you know, in various ways. Give these podcasts money, listen to them, spread the word, and understand what's at stake here. Like, this is not just dudes talking into a microphone. This is about serious issues. This is about life. This is about war and peace, life and death, right? We're talking about, as I said, like the NPR establishment media, the New York Times, MSNBC, there is no question about it. They want war with Russia. There's no question. They want more aggressive stance against Russia, more aggressive stance against North Korea, more against, certainly more aggressive stance against uh, Assad, right? They want to, if not take over those countries, they certainly want to seriously influence them and make them part of the American orbit. So we're talking about life and death on a mass scale here. Remember what Russia is? It's the other nuclear superpower. This is not fucking around, people. This is not, you can make all the jokes you want about dudes talking into microphones on the podcast, but I'm sorry, if you've listened to me lay out the argument so far about what's really going on, I think you can understand that the stakes are way higher. What we're doing here, to me, what, you, what we're doing right now, the three of us right now, we're on the side of life and freedom. Yeah. And if without us, we're done. Right? It's just the New York Times telling us that we've got to push Putin out of Russia. It's just the New York Times saying that Russia has taken over this country. It's just the New York Times and MSNBC saying that anybody who questions that narrative is a traitor. Yeah. I've been called a traitor. I've been called a traitor yeah. because I questioned the narrative. Do you know what the punishment for treason is in this country? Hang death. I've been called a Nazi and I'm not even white. Right. What happens when you get called a Nazi? You, you lose your means to make a living. Yeah. They take away. Or to not get punched. Even. Yeah. So we're talking about life. We're talking about, we're talking about everything. We're talking about life and death and how, the, how people, I mean, I have friends who can't make a living anymore because they said the wrong things. Wow. Yeah. Sure. Especially Gavin, in academia, right? Gavin McInnes. Yeah. You know, right? you know Gavin. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Gavin can't make a, he's, there's he, all the pl Visa, MasterCard, Jesus. Patreon, PayPal, banned. Jesus. Facebook, Twitter, banned. He's gone. He's toast. He cannot make a living. Is Gavin a racist? Kind of, sort of, the way Amer most Americans are. He just says that, you know, he thinks that black people and white people are biologically different, which I don't agree with, but whatever. It's a very standard view, actually. He's been, his life has been completely tossed because of this, canceled. He's been canceled because of these ideas, which are totally actually normal. So yeah, this is serious stuff. You know, and so, that is, that's the one thing to think of is it, is it, uh, you know, we complain about the censorship, which we should, and it sucks and all that, but we do, we do still have at our fingertips, you know, we've got all this stuff right now. And it was only one generation ago. I mean, just think like even like the first Gulf War. You know, there's, you got CNN just come out and you have the New York times and you have ABC and that's it. That's it. Or you got the dude at the fucking grocery store putting brochures under your windshield wiper that you're throwing away, or maybe you're reading, or maybe he's handing out CDs or whatever he's doing. You know, we're really the first or second gen, you know, the first generation or the second generation that's got any, any say. 
So, I mean, I guess the best thing to do if you're listening is to go start your own podcast so that as they start nipping off the ones at the top, there's other ones to just keep rising to the surface. And eventually, you know, hopefully we all get to come back. Well, before you do that, support ours and then go start. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say, I mean, no, not everybody should have a podcast. (laughs) Come on. I mean, some people, no, it's true, right? No, listening to podcasts and then spreading the word about them is just as good, probably better. Yeah, yeah, that's, listen, yeah. To, listen, to, listen to Grimerica, listen to Unregistered, and spread the word. You know, that's well, it. That's all you we need. Talk, about, talk a bit more about your podcast, because you, your tagline is pretty interesting, because you're, you're, you're saying you're having discussions that people, that you can't have. Mm-hmm. You know? it's a show, the, the tagline is, it's, it's a show about what you're not supposed to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I have, you know, I have sort of academics and journalists and sort of political activist types on there, but they all tend to be on the radical edges, either on the left or the right. So I've had communists, socialists. I've had Gavin on my show. I've yeah. had Jim Goat on my show. Who's, these are hardcore, you know, right-wing conservative types, you know. Yeah. Um, but I've had liberals. I've had libertarians. I've had everybody on the show. And so what, what's different, there's a lot of ways in which it's different. One is that the one thing I won't do is just spout the standard narrative. Yeah. So you'll never, you'll never hear the NPR mainstream established or Fox News narrative on my show, unchallenged anyway. I won't let it go unchallenged. But I also never get into fights. I've had 83 episodes with, as I said, across the political spectrum. I've never gotten into a fight with any of my guests. But, but, you've, disagreed, but you've disagreed with them, which is great. Oh, hardcore. I've yeah. disagreed with every single one of them. Yeah. Like major stuff. Yeah, yeah. But here's what I do instead, and I think this is really, really crucial and important, and it's what very few, almost no political people do. And I say political, I mean anybody like us, people who think about politics. What I do is I say, let's talk about you instead of your ideas for a second. Let's talk about maybe how you came to these ideas. What happened in your life to make you arrive at this? What was your intellectual process? You know, When did you decide to become this or that? When did you decide to believe in this or that? When did you decide to become a Democrat or Republican or whatever it is? And once you start to hear people's personal stories, it's a whole different conversation. You're no longer just fighting each other. You're actually starting to understand. Mm -hmm. And you're actually starting to have some common feel. Often you have common feelings with them, some common cause. And it doesn't mean that I changed my politics, but I'm way less scared Mm -hmm. of other people's politics and they are less scared of my politics. See, a lot of this is fear, right? When you have ignorance, you're f- afraid. When you don't know what being um, fully, you know, whatever, pick your ideology, doesn't matter. So if you're, take socialism, let's go there, let's make it easy, right? So if you don't know about socialism, but you've heard some negative things about it, it's all just, it's mass incarceration, it's, it's mass uh, camps and, and, and killing fields in Cambodia, and it's, you know, it's the gulag and the, well, now I happen to be an anti-socialist, but there's a much bigger, more, you know, much more detailed story about the history of socialism. Right. And it's not doing it justice just to say that it's the gulag. Period. Yeah. yeah. And that goes for any ideology. Yeah. Right. And so I fully understand socialism. Now I've been studying it for 30 years and I used to be a socialist. So I really understand it. I'm not scared of it. I'm putting it in the waste bin with no emotional affect because I fully understand what I'm throwing away. There's no, I'm not afraid of it anymore. Right. And I'm sure you guys deal with this all the time. I bet your family who don't have your politics and your friends who don't have your politics, they kind of think there's something like weird about you. That's a little scary, right? That there, you have ideas that are a little bit 
that just there's some darkness inside of you that doesn't feel right. It's You're like a dark sketchy. closet in your house that you never go into. I'm sure that's the way I get treated. I'm sure you guys get treated that way too, right? Well, Darren, especially when he wears those dark, creepy glasses. He's in my no, rose-colored glasses. I'm a chug. <laughs> Take it easy. Actually, you were calling people abos on the show. So. That's another one. That's another Indian slur, abo. Ab oh, like aborigine? Yeah, I guess. I thought it was just short for aboriginal. But... Yeah, you got some emails on that one. <laughs> abo. I'll call you abo from now on. There yeah. you go. Uh, so I encourage people to talk about their feelings more. In particular, people in... I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about our anger. We're all really good at talking about our anger. I'm talking about, you know, your sadness, your joys, your childhood, the shit that you went through, you know? Figure out where that, that anger's all, coming from. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you find out often that what we consider to be bad politics it just comes from, from trauma or it comes from, you know, they're externalizing internal drama. Right? So that's what, to me, what most politics is, is, is projection of internal drama. Yeah. And then, and then add in projection of internal, uh, internal trauma and then add in like, a, a severe, severe retardation of communica communicable skills. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have anything to compare it to, but I, mean, I know just even from like Western culture to, to, um, to Arabic culture, I have a buddy that says like, we have like 40% more words in you. So we have less confusion just there. And then, but what, when I, Play that back, say, 10 generations or 20 generations when it was tribes or groups or whatever, you know, what was that communication? Did, did you have this storyline going through your head all day of what everyone's going on and thinking people are, you know, or whatever it is. But, I mean, we always come back to the show how because we miscommunicate like crazy via text message or whatever it is. It's like, and now I can catch myself a little bit. I'll look at the text and someone will... Someone will not do what I thought they were going to do. And I'm like, well, what, what the fuck did you do, man? <laughs> and he's like, well, you text me this. And I'm like, you know, whereas years ago, because I'm a supervisor at work, you know, I might have freaked out or been like, you're an idiot or whatever. I would, even if I didn't say that, that's what I thought in my head. I'm like, this guy is a fucking idiot. But now I catch myself, I'll go read that text. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see how maybe he could have got that. I mean, text is a real extreme example of miscommunication. But I think like, Anyone who's married or or in a in a in a serious relationship with someone intimately, you can kind of notice that even on that level, with the person you're spending your entire life with, you have to be very thorough on your communication. At least at my age, I mean, I'm only 38, so I've only been married 10 years. Um, but you know, I I really feel like our that a few generations ago, like probably not our grandparents, but maybe, you know, 10 generations ago, I really think like people just said, just said what the fuck they were thinking all of the time. I, I really do. I'm, you know, maybe it's a few generations before that. I don't know if it's so religion came in. Yeah. I don't know where the show. Oh yeah. People, just people are self-censoring themselves. So that's why people can't communicate because they're just too busy trying to figure out what should they should say and what, or they shouldn't what the say. other person's thinking yeah. or how they're feeling. Or, I mean, you can really extrapolate that text message, how you can, you can read a text and whatever emotion you are, you can, that, that can play out in like someone not saying something or a sigh or a, a whatever, you know? And that's, that's like I say, emojis that's emojis are for. You should use more emojis. That, in well, you know, text. that's why the Japanese invented them. 
because that's why they're invented and they just turn into these cheesy little things. And I actually do try and use more emojis since I read that article about why they were invented. But I mean, I just, I guess the long story short is where do you think communication fits in that? Where do you think our communication skills are as a culture compared to where they should be or could be? I'm just going to say this. <laughs> oh. I, no no I, words. I love you, we do talk a lot about uh, love on the podcast, for sure. That's a feeling we talk about a lot, which is... All right, let me... Uh, 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 this, this will be my last answer. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but, um, so I have a... I'm with you on, on the annoying aspects of texting and digital communication in modern age. However, overall, I think it is undeniable that we are living in the best time ever in terms of communication. We can talk to anybody at any time about anything at any length, like right now. We just had an hour and a half conversation. You guys are in fucking Canada and I'm in California. And here we are. Now that, if you think this is inferior to what was going on in the 1990s, 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s, when it was just like a phone, and before that it was no phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not even that long ago, there was no phone even, not even a phone. Um, but, it, you know, of course this is a better. Now, here's the thing. The digital, the digital age revealed the 7 billion people much more. We know much more about all those people, basically before they were all just blank. We didn't know anything because we have no access to their minds. Well, all of a sudden, everybody's got a megaphone. Everybody's got a microphone. Everybody's got a Twitter account and a Facebook account and blah, 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 right? Well, it turns out, you know, that this is not surprising, shouldn't be, that most people in the world I'm not that fond of. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's true for everybody, right? Like the world is mostly people we don't want to hang out with. This is, shouldn't be news. Right? Otherwise, you would have a thousand friends. You only have a few friends. You live in a city with thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. But, right? So we're very, all very picky and selective. So all, you, all that's going on is you're just seeing all these, other, all, all these people you didn't know about before. And it just turns out that most of them suck. Like according to your standards, you don't want to hang out with them. Now, the great thing is, again, with the new communication systems we have, you can very quickly filter out, number one, a lot of people. And number two, and this is the most beautiful thing, you can create, and you guys have already done this, your own community. You can create your own family. You can create your own set of friends, your own interlocutors, people you talk to. That's exactly what you've been doing with your show. That's what this is. That's what I do too. And we could not do that, my brothers, without the technology. So stop trashing it. And no, and that's interesting because even we just did an event down in Colorado where you got all these people from the community into one place and we stayed there for a couple of days and we ran through, you know, three groups of 30 people or something like that. And you get that sense of community where people say they can come in and they feel like that's the one place they can be themselves and they feel like they can say whatever and nobody wants to leave when it's over. And even Lisa said, and she's, you know, she's not, you know, a super fan of the show and, but you know, even, even she comes and she's like, well, you can just feel it. Yeah, yeah, I feel safe. I feel safe to say whatever I'm thinking. I feel safe to talk about my diet or or whatever. 
in that community of people. And I just, Those are fantastic people. Yeah. I just wonder if, if, you know, when, when, you know, like a thousand years ago when you're in a tribe and I get that now we have this reach and we can make these communities, but I wonder if there wasn't more, I, I wonder if our interpersonal relationships weren't a little better when we didn't have all of this other stuff going on, you know, or, or if it was the same shit, if it was like those motherfuckers in that cave down there, or just, <laughs> you think, you think like, um, like intimate relationships were better a hundred years ago. You think that, well, what was that? Is it like Dunbar's number or whatever, where he yeah. says like 150 is the max amount of people. And if you like, cause even democracy seems fucked at this point, you know what I mean? Like you look what's happening in, in Alabama and places like that. And it's like, well, geez, you know, and it's like, you know, well, if 50% of the people don't want to vote the other way. And it, it just seems like when you get to even a million people, you can't win with even democracy. Which is a conversation, you know, no one wants to really have because everyone loves democracy, but it's like, well, it doesn't suck when you're the 49%, you know, democracy might not be so great. And it's like, do you move here? Do you move there? That's not easy to do either. And it's like, yeah, you start having, when you start thinking about that, it's just a, it's a never ending fucking, I I don't know what the better system is, but it's like democracy seems shitty in a lot of ways too. If you want to, if you want to make an American or a Canadian go stone silent, ask them why democracy is good. They will have no way to answer it because why? Because it's a religion. It's taught as a religion. It's something that you simply believe in as a good thing. We just assume that it is good. We've, we're never taught, are we? We're never taught why democracy is good. Well, I mean, and by its definition, it's that the, the group is more important than the one. It's that, you know, the needs of the many, the the, the decisions of the many. That's a very sophisticated, intelligent answer that I've never heard from defenders of democracy, though. That's what I'm saying. They don't. You just made that argument for them. They don't they don't even know that part. Yeah. And I'm not even sure if I'm defending it because lately I've I've really put it into question is if this is a good system or not. But the average Canadian or American, would they come up yeah. with that answer? No, no, probably not. I took like 370 conversations to come up with that answer. <laughs> everybody who's listening, everybody's listening. The next time you hear someone bring up democracy as a good thing, ask them why it's good. And they'll be completely dumbstruck. They'll have no answer to it. So is that, is that best system? Like, I mean, freedom, oh, it's tough to say what's best for freedom. I mean, because I used to be full out libertarian and then my buddy Dave Matheson's like, if you don't, you got to watch these guys because these corporations are going to run rim shot on you if you don't do something. And he's like, it'll be total recall. And I'm like, well, I don't want that either. And I'm like, well, I don't mind the government, but it's like, why can't the government just be what it was supposed to be, which was us making decisions and, and not being lobbied and, and corrupted and propagandized and is it just too many people or what the fuck do you do you know so so that that golden age of government being what it's supposed to be that you're talking about never happened never Never (laughs) when when exactly was that like you mean when when canada was conscripting millions of people and sending them off to wars in in europe and asia no i mean when was when was the golden age you know was it when was it when women had no property rights in a marriage is that it was it when they were like seizing the lands of all the native people and just giving it away to fucking settlers and fucking corporations? Was it that one that the government was good yeah. in Canada? It was just before the banks took over in the so it was late probably, 60s or early 70s after they built the Trans-Canada. It was like a small window. There's, there's, there's like three months there. 
not in a, what 1890 something yeah and you know in the united i mean unlike so in the united states like pretty much everything before donald trump was golden like the government was always good so like you know like <laughs> japanese internment like taking all the japanese people in the united states and putting them into concentration camps that was really cool that was when they were nice or like you know when they enforced slavery that was good um that was so we've just had a we had a really long golden age that was suddenly stopped by donald trump and ever since ever since then it's been terrible yeah Dude. Guys, I gotta go. All right, yeah. Buddy. Thanks, Sad. It's thanks. been great. Yeah, it's been, awesome. it's been great. We'll yeah. do this again sometime. Good Anytime, luck. Dude. Good luck with the university. Yeah, thank absolutely. you very much. Okay. And maybe we'll see you in uh, Anapoc Arcapoco. I would love that. Seriously, okay. we'll see if we can make it happen. Okay. Ciao. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Now was our chat with Sad Russell. What'd you think, buddy? That was fun. That was awesome. And you were nervous. I wasn't right? nervous. I didn't say yeah, that. You said you were nervous. No, you, no, you specifically, I remember you no, specifically I said no, you were nervous. No, I didn't. Oh. I'm going to argue with you on that one, dude. I mean, usually I am, but nope. You weren't nervous? Nope. Okay. I was mistaken. That was a great chat. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I wanted to cover maybe some uh, alternative history type stuff, but because uh, he really, he really got into some interesting stuff about the, uh, like he was talking a little bit about the agorists and the, well, I got like the, the gangsters and the uh, the people really like, creating culture under underground i got the oh, audio nice. book oh did you yeah was it about was it about that i haven't listened to it oh, okay. i just got it i got it with the intention of maybe blasting through it before uh before the episode but it was like it's 16 and hours wow. and like 16 hours and 34 minutes or something like that and i was just like oh put that on no way i'm getting through that i'm still like i'm uh I'm only like a third of the way through Daring Greatly. What's that? Brene Brown. Oh, yeah. Another Brene Brown one. So I got to read that first, and there's just no way. If it was like a little four-hour or something like that, you can kind of burn through it. You don't just switch back and forth with your books? No, I like to when I start a book. I like to just really? finish it. Unless I can have, I could have, a, like I'll have a, a maybe a fiction and a nonfiction on the go, but I'll never start another without finishing oh, the other one. What? Oh, dude, no. I, I gave that up like years ago. I used to be like that, and now I got like 10 or 15 on the go. Same and, thing with podcasts. And I don't finish any of them. <laughs> there you go. That's the problem. <laughs> Same thing with podcasts. I listen. No, I do, I do finish some books. I finished the I, simulation hypothesis. It was 12 or 13 hours trying to prepare for the next interview tonight that's postponed to next postponed. week. Postponed. Riz is sick. That's okay. Yeah. We'll let him get better. Yeah. It's a good book. Anyway, yep. we'll get we'll get into that stuff later. Big thanks to Thad for coming on the show. Fantastic chat. Check out all his stuff. Uh, there's StadiusRussell.com. That'll get you pretty well everywhere. And then uh, everything will be in the show notes like usual. Uh, so head over there. Support Thad. Support us. Uh, I think Thad did a pretty good job there. giving a rundown on why you support the Grimerica show. So I'll just refer to his, what he said earlier. All those reasons, because all those things that Thad said are great reasons why you should support the show. America.ca slash support. We made it real easy for you. You got Patreon, PayPal, Stripe, uh, whatever. Send cash to the P.O. box. You, you tell us how you want to support the show, and we'll figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah, put it in a good book, and then send it to the P.O. box. Jordan, if you're listening, buddy. <gasps> but we need a... Maybe we should look I need the, the password to the yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah, we need the... Uh, you need to put a hint that there's something in the book, though, just in case. Oh, you, you think there's like... Hundreds of dollars hiding in some of those books up there that we just never looked at. I don't think so. You should go through them. We found the, I think we found the ones that, uh, that do have them. I've only found them in one book so far. That was a book from Nikki. Yeah. The dude. Nikki. 
Anyway, that was support quarterly cash payment. That's right. Anyway, support the show, guys. Super important. America.ca/support. Other than that, do all the other stuff in the show notes. Uh, I've seen a lot of people reviewing the show lately. We appreciate that. Cool. I think we got the re- review rate up to around one percent. Let's That's go for it. I mean, review don't cost you shit. And I know that sixty percent of you, at least, are listening to the show on an Apple product, which means you're using iTunes in some way, shape, or form. Which means you can please go review the show. Jump into uh, the chats too if you're doing that, and that's right. a good way. If you, if you don't want to review the show, you can always just send a story or a, there's a whole bunch of channels in the chat for you know like sightings and stories and dreams and all that kind of stuff, and maybe we'll read some of those on the show. I still haven't fixed the link on the website to the chats, but grammarica.ca slash chat still works. Right on. Other than that, anything else? That's it. That's about it. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. To this green, brown, blue spot on earth, approximately or two thousand years. In old Domini, in old Domini, my hot drink would turn cold, my hot drink would turn cold, my hot drink would turn cold.